0: Hi, this is marissa meyer and this is delaney and this is sloan and you're listening to the prince kai fan pod hello welcome to episode 73 of the prince kai fan pod a marissa meyer book club podcast this episode is brought to you by rampian crew patron supporters thank you my name is Bethany. I will be your host for this evening, and today my lovely guest is Miss Lauren, the host of Ink and Feather podcast. Hi. Hi. Tell me. Tell me about yourself. Tell me about Ink and Feather. So it's Ink Feather. Ink There's Feather. Ink. I apologize. Yeah,
1: that's okay. <laughs> um, so I am a photographer by trade and have. Uh, basically shaped my whole life around fantasy I do fantasy photography and I've been interviewing authors um, fantasy mostly for and, and some sci-fi for over a decade and a few years ago I realized that I liked talking to authors more than I liked writing interviews and so I kind of took that and that was kind of the baby the beginnings of the podcast. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's been really fun. I get to basically pick authors brains about their books, their upcoming books. Um, right now I've got Christopher Paolini. We did a two part episode. I'm doing Victoria Schwab this week. I've got, uh, Shelby Moherin, I think is how you say her last name. Uh, the, you know, she's coming up too. She's the serpent and dove author. So I, it's really fun. I get to just chat with these amazing, professional creatives who make these stories that we fall in love with. And um, I believe you found me through Marissa. I had actually had Marissa Meyer on uh, recently. We were talking about her new covers and Instant Karma, which is coming up soon, which is great. Um, And so, yeah, I think it's cool that that's how you found me. So that's kind of what I do. The podcast is shifting soon. I'm broadening guests because I think there's so many cool, interesting fantasy like people living their dreams and like that fantastical idea of their lives. And, you know, I think authors fit that bill. And so I'm hoping to start broadening to other people who do that. Like I have friends who like dance for the ballet and I have friends who play professionally for orchestras and, you know, like people maybe who are movie stars, just people who have these crazy cool lives. And I think they'd be really fun to talk to. So, but as for now, it's, it's still really
0: wonderful because I get to chat with all these awesome (laughs) authors. It's really great. That's wonderful. Yeah, I loved your episode with um, with Marissa. And yeah, I've gotten really to record fun. with her a couple of times. It's been wonderful. She's a lovely human being. Mm-hmm. She really is. She is. Yeah. They always say like, don't meet your heroes, right? So I was very like, when I got the email to do an episode with her, I, I was like, partially terrified and partially excited. But mm-hmm. she is a really lovely person. She's very kind.
1: Well, I'll tell you, uh, this has been a few years now. I did two charity projects um where I photographed fantasy authors so Marissa wasn't in it but I had Christopher Paolini I had Lee Bardugo uh Mafi and Ransom Riggs I let's try to think who else oh, was I in love it Sandra Clare yeah oh, um so and talented we had, yeah and like Jim Butcher and Patrick So we had like adult fantasy too Tad Williams so it was really fun so I met I've met in person and hung out with multiple, multiple authors. And I would have to say they're all pretty freaking great. Like the whole <laughs> meet your hero thing, they're actually all pretty, pretty great. I mean, you know, everybody's obviously personalities are different and uh, there's some that I'm remained pretty good friends with, but they're all pretty great people. I mean, I think, you know, it's a, there's a type of person who's a writer. I think they just are in their heads and telling these stories. And I think if you can connect with that, then- Um, you won't be disappointed. They're pretty wonderful.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. And, you know, meeting meeting people like strangers in general, I think is always a little terrifying, but especially if Mm. you know them through the internet because, or through authorship or something like that, because you don't Mm. know them, but you kind of feel like you do, but you don't really know them. You know, the them that they present to the world, which is a very different person. And I think that can be where it gets a little intimidating.
1: Yeah, it is. I, I, I won't say who, but um there you know, there's been an author, like specifically I can think of who is way snarkier in person than they are in public, not in a bad way, but I was just like, what, just, what are you talking about? And I had no idea. And it's, it, it just, it surprised me like, and not in a bad way, but um, I'm sure everyone could be like, who was it? I don't want to, I'm not going <laughs> to, sorry. I don't want to give away Jane their no. secrets, but like, seriously, I just, it, but that fits your example that like, they, but for the most part, it was funny because it's not like that person wasn't themselves in public. It's just like you said a part of them. But for the most part, um, everyone I've hung out with for the most part is um pretty spot on who they are. Like you
0: they're just people doing their art and telling good stories and yeah, but um, And you don't always know the per- like the the part of yourself that other people see, right? Like prior mm-hmm. to the podcast, I had no idea how how many times I ask a question, but I am constantly asking questions mm-hmm. like that's just what I do. If I don't understand something, I'll ask a question. But probably one of the first episodes I did with my friend, Ashley, I asked her a question like every two seconds. And I was like, man, doesn't that get annoying? And she's like, no, I like it. You're learning.
1: (laughs) My sister's like that. Yep. My sister's very much like that. I I get that. Anytime she doesn't know, she's just like, explain this to me. And I'm like, I don't know either. We'll figure it out. I don't know half the time. But I was like, I
0: can't tell if I sound stupid or like I'm or like, I'm suspicious of you. And she's like, no, you just, you sound like you don't understand. I was like, I don't. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's we learned.
0: So how did you find Marissa? How did you find out about her and her books? Oh, gosh. I'm trying to think when the first
1: time I interviewed her was. It would have been years ago. Um, I think actually the first episode, (laughs) the first episode of the podcast, I was trying to get just something on content. So I was pulling old audio interviews and just repurposing them as podcast episodes. And it was an interview from, I think, 2013 or 14 San Diego Comic-Con. And it was Marissa and Lee Bardugo and me sitting down around um, my laptop in a in an entrance way in a, like a lobby of a hotel, like game of throne actors were walking by. We were like, the three of us were literally huddled over my laptop. And it's seriously to date, one of my all time favorite interviews because they are genuine fans of each other's books. So there was literally parts where they were like, (laughs) where where Lee was like, "Yeah, but Thorn would do this," and Marissa was like, "Yeah, but Nikolai would do this," and like if they met, they would be <laughs> like, they like loved each other. So I sort of just sat there like laughing inside, being like, "This is the coolest thing ever." Where they were like, "No, but you did this with your guy. No, but you did this with your guy." It was so, it was
0: so great. That um, is great. I love that that they just kind of get to. I love were... getting to like geek out over anything. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like
1: I interviewed her before then, um, maybe through email. It's been you know, back at the beginning. So basically it's, you know, when you, when you start interviewing people, for those of you who maybe are like, how do they get to do this? It's, you know, you don't start with Cassandra Clare, you know, she's great. Don't get me wrong. She's nice. She would probably talk to you, but (laughs) you don't just email somebody without having that behind you of like, you know, a reputation. So, but you start, but there's so many beautiful authors who are debut and who, um, you know, are hungry to be heard and whose stories are great. And that's how you start is you, you know, get excited about the idea of those stories. Those are the people you talk to. And then you slowly just build up and, you know, and I think that was, I was talking to Marissa when she started out. I think I I have I'm trying to look here. I have arcs of, I think the first three books. Oh, I wonderful. Mean, I love arcs. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, I, I've been there pretty close to the ground up I think it was like hey this is this new author who did this you know alternate Cinderella <laughs> like okay, cool. and it was really great and I really loved it so yeah and I, um, because that's how you start out because you know back then she was even though it was great it wasn't how she is now you know what I mean
0: so yeah um, I mean she's she, like she as an author in the Lunar Chronicles in particular have really mm. like taken off and I keep telling my husband, I'm like, I mean, this is like one TV show away from being the next Harry Potter.
1: Oh my gosh. It's, you know, well, and, and like, I hadn't read them in a while. Um, And when I was interviewing her again, I was like, you know, I'm going to reread these just so that everything's fresh in my head, man. Not that I forgot how good they are, but But they're so good. They're so good. (laughs) They're so good. And I did them on audio this
0: time, which was such oh, a treat.
1: Rebecca oh Soler
0: does a lovely job. I absolutely uh, love her audio books. It was so She would good. be a fun person to interview.
1: She would be a fun person to
0: interview. Yeah. yeah.
1: I've had one audiobook person on who's also an author. Um, There's a few audiobook people I think would be really fun to talk to. She would be one. Yeah. But like it was, I, I will actually say, though, <laughs> no, this is funny. I'm re-listening to Cinder. During the beginning of our pandemic here in America. And uh, it was like right at the opening scene when, like, the market gets bombed because there's the virus and everyone's freaking out. And I'm listening (laughs) to this being like, oh my God, I I had to actually stop. I'm not kidding you. I had to stop for like a couple of days and be like, this is too real. This is what's happening. Oh my God, the the virus is shredded. (laughs) It it was like a little, especially because on audio, the emotions tend to get more heightened or fraught because they're you know especially when the narrator does a good job you're like totally in it so it definitely I, I think I think Rebecca might enjoy that like dude you freaked me out I felt like I was in the yes. pandemic like, for real like we were but it was like on another level so
0: yeah I um, um, I had my husband I, I don't have a very like deep, masculine, scary voice. And sometimes I'll read passages from the books. <laughs> and during the scene in Scarlet, when uh, Cinder and Thorne are approached by the soldiers in the bar, in the tavern,
1: mm-hmm. and he
0: says, my queen is looking for you. I, I sounded just dreadful. I literally sounded like a child trying to be <laughs> scary. And so <laughs> I, I made my husband come in. I said, I need you to do like a scary voice. Um, And I have never gotten so many responses in my entire life, including Marissa, everybody (laughs) loved him. And I even put like a clip of it at the beginning of the episode before the music (sighs) played just to like freak people out.
1: My queen is looking for you. Yes,
0: it was so good. And I had like one of my friends was there. And she messaged me and she was like, Yeah, I had the podcast playing in the car. Uh, on the way to take the kids to school today. And I was like, oh, cool. oh she's, no, she's like, they have never shut up so fast. <laughs> that's, Amazing. that's what they needed, though, right? Like, good for her at seven in the morning to have my husband screaming in the podcast.
1: That's hilarious.
0: Yeah, it's funny. Like,
1: I know audiobooks have been around for a while, but like, they've become such a thing in the past, you know, decade that... there's just so many amazing narrators. And I honestly, that's mostly how I read these days. I'll read arcs if I have an interview coming up, but even like with Christopher Paulini, I got, I got an audio arc of his new book. And I was (gasps) like, yeah, so I was able to listen, which I mean, it was like 32 hour book. It's insanely long. That is very long. Um, By the way, it's really good. If you guys like sci-fi, it's excellent. But uh, yeah, so that was a treat, but, but that's just it. There's so many wonderful narrators that, Um, I mostly audio these days, honestly, if I can help it, because it's just, I can do other things too. Like I can edit pictures and I can, you know, clean and go on a walk and still be immersed in the story. But, um, yeah, it makes a big difference when the narrator's good. And you're right. Rebecca does a really great job with these books. So it was really fun because it was like almost experiencing them again for the first time. Like I had read them. I knew the story, but, you know, I, I don't have a great memory either. And as somebody who reads a ton because I'm always interviewing and I, I just I, I remember the broad strokes. I don't often remember the details of things. So that was a really fun way. to That's how my
0: friend Ashley is because she's also like um, she's a really fast reader. Mm-hmm. Um, like she and I did this test one time to see how fast we were. Right. It takes me about a minute and a half per page. And she can do like four pages in a minute. Oh, my gosh. She's so fast, right? But she says it's actually a hindrance because a lot of times she'll get, like, the gist of the story. She'll get, like, the main meat of it, but she'll miss a bunch of the teeny tiny Mm. little things. And so I'm like, read the Lunar Chronicles. And she's like, okay. And she finishes them, and I'm asking her all these questions. And she's like, wait, where was that at? I don't, Mm. you know, but she, she gets the meat of the story, but the little tiny nuances are lost to her. And that's always a bit of a bummer. Um, yeah,
1: I something else I did not that long ago, I um, I had never, I've never, I still haven't finished Sarah J. Moss's um, Throne of Glass, all seven of the books. Um, I haven't started the, that one
0: yet. <laughs> they're great. And I've read the it's first- on that ridiculously long to be read pile that I'll never finish.
1: <laughs> Girl, you are not wrong.
0: <laughs> um,
1: but I, I like had a friend who had never read any of her books and I have read her- um, you know, of Court of Thorn and Roses series multiple times, which I really liked. And I read Crescent City when it came out. So I was like, uh, yeah, I finally should probably, I think i would read the first two and I just had stopped because it was when they first came out. And then, you know, you have to wait and blah, blah, blah. But I, we, I buddy read it with a friend. Um, it was uh, another podcasters, actually audio shelf. Um, they're, 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 Brittany and Brad are the two people on audio shelf. And uh, Brad is, he and I like buddy read, and that was a really fun way to catch details, I noticed, because there were often times where he would say, what about that thing in this chapter? And I was like, wait, what? And we would like go back and it, it actually made the story. It's almost like kind of what you're doing here where we're dissecting the chapters. Mm-hmm. You really get so much more out of the story that way. So I, I think it's cool that you're doing this. Um, And I, I, get, I get what your friend's saying about like wanting to read fast, but that is a shame that you miss the details because that's kind of part of what makes the stories great are those little things that you just go, Whoa, what, what, what was that? Hang on a minute, you know?
0: Yeah, she actually used to host the podcast with me, and so she loved mm. it because she got to slow down so mm. much and mm-hmm. pick up on so many things, even though she'd read it before.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm.
0: I actually used to have two co-hosts, but COVID stole both of them. Uh, so now I try yeah. to get different guests for every episode, and they come back every once in a while when they have time.
1: Yeah, COVID's been a big a big fat bummer. It <laughs> this has, year. and
0: now she's she's in the military and she's getting deployed. So I definitely won't have her for a while, yeah. uh, which is a big bummer because um, I'm a military spouse and we move a lot. Uh, and yeah. I only have like three friends down here, and she's one of them. So <laughs> mm. <I feel laughs> with like her gone, I'll have two.
1: <laughs> I feel like it would be almost extra intimidating to be deployed right now with COVID still being hot spotted in places like, yeah, hospital. she
0: has to like quarantine once she gets there. Mm-hmm. Um And there's a lot of like regulations that she has to go through. Um She said, she's like basically just going to be obsessed with her Kindle when she's not working. So mm-hmm. it's like, mm-hmm. okay, everybody send me recommendations for Ashley. She needs books.
1: <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That would be, at least she can read. That's good. But like, that would be hard. I think that would be really hard. Just having friends who live overseas in different countries and just seeing, how they're dealing and how things are surging and not surging and yeah.
0: Yeah. And the, a- I, I can't say like where she's going to. Right. But like the area that she's going to, what's a nice way of saying this. They, they handled COVID a little bit better uh than it was handled here in the States. So uh so, luckily it's not as much of an issue. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, but still, you're gonna miss your friend. Which oh, I'm gonna miss my friend, and she's going she's going away for a long time. So that's always a bummer. But when she gets back, I'll be moving. Um, it'll she gets back about three months before we're getting relocated. So, man, um, won't get. But that's that's the life. We move a yep. lot. We get stuck mm-hmm. with
1: it. <laughs> but you think about it the good way: all the new people you will meet instead of the. Places you're leaving, you get to think about the new places you're yeah, going. Yeah, and
0: being down here put me in the path of getting to meet Marissa because I was mm. only nine hours away from the North Texas Teen Book Festival. So my friend and I drove there
2: mm. um,
0: to meet her, so I could promote my podcast to her. <laughs> um, so that was really cool. I wouldn't have gotten to do that at our last base. It would have been like an eighteen-hour drive, which is far less oh feasible. Gosh. Yeah, no, so
1: kind of insane.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nine hours is like. You know, I, mean, I had a good audiobook, so it was fine, but eighteen hours is really long. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I've driven
0: wow, well, um, I think the furthest we drove was Nebraska to Southern California, which was twenty nine hours. I think it specifically t- for an author? No, that was just for to see my family. Marissa is definitely uh, the farthest I've driven to okay. meet an author. Just for yeah, an no. author, yeah. That's definitely the farthest I've ever okay. driven.
1: No, I meant for an author specifically because I'm a road tripper. I've driven cross-country more times than I can count. So for me, I'm like, yeah, that's – but I'm trying to think. I feel like – I don't know. Like, if specifically, like, I will go here for this event because, I a a lot of those cross-country trips were when I was photographing the calendar. So I was, like, like literally driving, beelining, like, I'm going to – this area, and then I'm going to hang out with Jim Butcher, and then I'll go to Utah, and I'll see these authors, and then I'm over to California. So it was like that. I'm not counting that. I think it might have been actually Christopher Paulini. We were, um, it was when Inheritance came out, and he last minute had an, uh, he had an event in Philly on the other side of the state. I'm in Pennsylvania. I'm in Pittsburgh. So I think it was like a six hour drive to go see him for the one night to like hang out. It was one of those like, Hey, what are you doing? You want to come? I was like, uh, okay. So <laughs> luckily i had the audiobook of the new book. So I was able to listen in the car, which was cool. Um,
0: yeah. I mean, yeah. I have plans to go to lots of book festivals this year. Mm, um, didn't we all? But <laughs> just doesn't didn't know when all? a lot of those will happen yet. So yeah. we'll, we'll see hopefully soon. Um, but in the meantime, Let's talk about some fan art, one of my favorite things from the podcast, Um, and one of my favorite fan art people, because she's constantly making art, and so I always have somewhere to get some. (laughs) So this is from October 9th. This is from Cosmic Nova Flare on Instagram, and I love it for multiple reasons, but it's Kai's office, which is great, because I feel like a lot of art is portraits which is wonderful. I love those. Mm-hmm. Um but I love when we get like settings like this and we get to see some kind of another kind of visual.
1: Yeah, it's a really nice blend of um like Asian influence but also and like old and new because there's like a screen on the wall but also there's beautiful details. It are like older.
0: Mhm. And the really desk cool. if you look at the desk it's just a plain wooden desk but on the right there's like a digital panel. Mm-hmm
1: yes it's very cool that's yeah a really clever way and i love blend. the
0: inclusion of the foot on the yeah. on the desk you gotta have the foot there yeah it's actually pretty great <laughs> <laughs> and then the door kind of looks like an elevator but i'm not sure that's accurate i think it's just because of the the way that it's framed but she'll also tell like me if the, i'm wrong
1: the button panel beside maybe that's yeah like to slide it open. i'm trying to yeah. see what's outside
0: is that smoke i think it's supposed to be like sunbeams
1: oh okay just like reflection on the window
0: yeah yeah but it's hard it's hard to tell and that's always artistic choices too sometimes are hard to uh interpret but I'm
1: really digging I think it's bamboo on the back of the chair
0: yes yeah that's really cool I love it I love all her little detailed designs too on the wall there the like um etchings Mm -hmm. the crown moldings yeah it's pretty cool yes it's very good so thank you for sharing that um Last week, patron members voted for chapter titles. Chapter 17 is titled Fix You by Coldplay, and chapter 18 is titled You Live, You Learn by Alanis Morissette. That's it, kids. (laughs) I used to have such bad tangents. It would be like 45 minutes before we got to the the chapter discussion. (laughs) right i mean especially if you have different guests hi.
1: on you're like hi yeah, tell yeah. me about yourself
0: you get to know each other and you want to tell you want to tell stories and you get sidetracked it happens no trust <laughs> me i get it it's easy to do so we're back with kai we last saw him very excitedly preparing for his wedding he's very he's really looking forward to that day uh-huh. <laughs> Very much. And now he's in a meeting with other world leaders because the earth is suddenly surrounded by hundreds of lunar ships that just sort of flickered into existence out of nowhere. And, and everyone's freaking out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would be freaking out too, right? Yeah, literally. Oh, uh, wait,
1: what is happening? Uh, aren't we supposed to be marrying her and things going well? Well, let's see.
0: What's right. <laughs> and I think, I think, uh, Camilla of the United kingdom gets it. Cause she goes, as if they were there all along. Mm. Oh wait. Yep. I'm sorry. I did but- tell my I did tell my listeners I would use more accents. I'm sorry. As if they were there all along. <laughs> I oh, work accents. on them. I do. Yeah. Great. As if they were there all along. But we were unable to detect them. Haven't we been hearing for years about these lunar ships sneaking into our atmosphere bypassing all of our security measures? So Camilla's got it they were there all along they just couldn't be detected we have reader privilege like so we know that they're not there they're not being cloaked anymore because Cress is gone yeah 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 I love
1: it but I mean on their end Kai is freaking out basically
0: yeah (laughs) I I mean I would be too because Kai is basically like I'm literally doing everything she asks including hunting down the girl I have a crush on yeah and she has the goal to surround my planet with hundreds of ships. Gosh, yeah, yeah. I,
1: f- I, I feel a lot for Kai. I, I, I do you know, too. I've been thinking a lot about this. I just love him as a character. I just think he's so well done as like a, this this relatable world leader. Like he's literally having to lead one of the biggest parts of the of the Earth, but yet he's just this kid essentially he's just a you know like a like late teens early 20s guy who's just sort of trying to figure his life out you know yeah and i just and the fact that he has to handle all of the responsibility and how he takes it in stride in different ways and you know i, I think it's he's just such an interesting character so i and he I wears
0: the emperor hat so well so yes. well we get we get so used to seeing him like outside of his element when he's You know, when he's joking around with Cinder in the first book and things Mm -hmm. like that. And then I remember going from that to him at the ball when he addresses everyone so well and handles Mm -hmm. the situation with Audrey just so diplomatically. Um, And so, like, when he wears that emperor hat, I know these other world leaders look down on him because he's young and things like that, but he does it, he handles it so well. And he's always bringing up points that, although he's young and as they think, inexperienced points that they don't think of, you know, like, especially when they saw the footage of um, the lunar soldiers on the moon, uh, a couple books back, and everyone was freaking out. And he was like, Are you guys missing the big picture? They have nothing better to do but stand around outside for hours on end and get photographed. This is obviously a threat. Mm hmm. And so it's stuff like that, reading this, reading this chapter where he's the only one that brings up like, look, I understand that this is frustrating, but they didn't technically break any laws. We can't do anything. And then them kind of sneering at him because of his age, like,
1: oh, you don't know what you're talking about. Exactly. And then doesn't he just like hang up on them before they can like give him more (laughs) snark? He's like, we got to go by.
0: (laughs) We will. Yeah, we'll get to that because it's great, though. But but let's talk about that. Kai says, "Why is she even doing this? There are she's already winning. She's already getting everything she wants." And uh, Bromstad says, "Well, maybe she wants to make sure you don't back out. Is that an option? Did anybody think that was an option when the Ludomosis antidote is on the line?
1: Considering that we're also, you know, us." Uh- Quarter of the way through the third book here, and like we have seen, so so my point is, is that the story has been happening for a while. You know, mm-hmm. I know time wise not necessarily forever, but like he is entrenched in this. Like, yeah, this is not. He, he's literally sacrificing himself to save people, and and all of a sudden, there the questioning is still. Yeah, the fact that he's like, how is you know, this isn't an option. <laughs> like, we can't.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And it's, it's a little frustrating, too, because I feel like the other world leaders are very, I don't know, hostile. You know, so many of them are quick to like, well, we need to attack. They yeah. haven't technically done anything. They're just sitting there.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that would be hard because especially if you're, again, leading a country and you need to try to figure out what's best for them and you're all of a sudden – this person that you're seeing as the enemy even though they're trying to disguise the fact that they're the enemy they're doing all these things that enemies do mm-hmm. um it's hard not to want to like attack the yeah. entire planet with mutant well, soldiers exactly it's like the whole like <laughs> oh we're gonna i'm gonna marry and it'll be peaceful it's like no it's not as soon as you know things are thing we know this is a, this is a ruse this is not your end game yeah absolutely gonna get-
0: and, and Torin tries to play that cor- card. Torin is like, "Well, they're supposed to be our allies, right? We'll just ask them." And then the Af- African Prime Minister is like, "Yeah, sure, that'll work." It's like all
1: of a sudden went wonky here. Sorry, you have no, to no. You're okay. Why are you dumb? You stupid Mike. I, I have it. This is so rigged up right now. <laughs> I literally. I should just send you a picture. I have a I, my stand is sideways, and
0: the mic is being propped on my tape dispenser. Like how you like- <laughs> <laughs>
1: tape dispenser is literally holding my mic up right now. My um
0: my dog had to go to the emergency vet because he had uh, pancreatitis last week, oh, and my so my cat was in the
1: emergency vet last week too. We have
0: oh, like, oh. they're so expensive, right?
1: Uh- <laughs> oh, my, my cat is oh, I had to actually help. My parents had to help me because it was multiple thousands of dollars to save yeah
0: it was basically our entire savings account i was like well i guess we're not going home for christmas this year um (laughs) but we we had this whole we were there for just hours and hours and hours and hours and hours hours, uh just in the waiting room waiting for them to come get him and then we were waiting for them to bring him back and tell us what was wrong uh and so i had like i had like one of those over the ear (laughs) head pieces and i was using like my phone and an audacity app, but trying not to get the noises of everybody else. So I was just like, welcome to episode 71. Uh, the oh principal. my God. Like-
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I. <laughs> you gotta do what you gotta
0: do. <laughs> well, I'm um,
1: laughing. I didn't mention it. We didn't mention it when I was just giving my intro, but like that, when I told you I did the inheritance cycle podcast where we broke down the chapter of Christopher's books before inheritance came out. Yes. Um, We were recording that weekly and like diligently and everyone was you know scheduling it in and our family went to Italy for two weeks to visit my sister who was studying abroad so I had to record my episode and it was the time was totally different so I ended up having to sit in the bathtub in our hotel oh. with like a blanket <laughs> over my face to to mute the echo and the sound because my family was asleep in like the next room and like to this podcast episode of talking about this book, I'll never forget how stupid I felt. But I was like, "God, do what you got to do." Like, yeah. You know? <laughs> so and I- it's rough it. when
0: you're on a schedule of like weekly, right? Like I'm on a weekly episode schedule, and I'm I'm almost always two or three episodes ahead just in case. But that's also really pressure because <laughs> that means oh. that I'm scheduled two or three episodes ahead. Yeah. So if I cancel on one person, I also have to cancel on the three people after them. And then I'm rescheduling four people. And that's just insane, right? So it's yeah, like, I know. just try really hard to just be there.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I get it. But that's funny. Uh, I, I relate to where It's like, okay, well, I gotta, gotta make this work. Yeah. <laughs> You're getting my really nice Rode mic, but it's propped up on a on a tape dispenser <laughs> on my ridiculously messy desk right now.
0: Oh yeah, gosh. well, I mean, that's the beauty of not having a video is you can't see how messy. <laughs> oh my god! Not just yeah. my room, but like I'm messy too, right? Like I was I'm. Like, I'm well, med- I never got out of pajamas today.
1: That's, <laughs> that's I'm not wearing a bra. I still have not Exactly. On
0: yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, it's a pandemic. I don't have to oh, wear no. one. Oh my god! I was actually just about to say,
1: <laughs> I. I wear, I wear bras sometimes. Like if I'm like cleaning or I'm 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 very large, so my boobs are very large. So it hurts sometimes if I'm like doing things and moving things. I need that. But like wearing actual pants, I wore actual jeans the other day, and it was so uncomfortable.
0: Oh god, because I know, haven't put on actual pants in months. Like, actual- the very thought of wearing jeans just sounds dreadful right now. Because I'm also thinking, I don't think any of my jeans would fit me. Well, I, I think I gained a lot of quarantine weight. Too. <laughs> it's twitchier
1: than I was. And so i, <laughs> I it's really tight. So that was probably half the problem. But literally it was it was a beautiful day out and like the fall weather finally kicked in earlier this week. So I was like, oh this is this is, you know, you, by the way, you don't have to cut this out on my account because I think people, <laughs> probably, probably half the people in here are probably listening to this. we not wearing pants, so I'm just saying. But like, pants <laughs> on to go out to run an errand, and I thought I felt like a stuffed sausage. And I came home, and I was just like, oh my god, I got to get these off immediately. It was horrible. So that was a bit of a a, a check in <laughs> of like, how's your health? Well, my pants don't fit, but they sort of fit. They were just. Really <laughs> Well so. and
0: you know they call it the freshman fifteen, right? So what do what do we call this? Is this our quarantine twenty? Mine might yes. be more than twenty. Uh, something like
1: that. I think <laughs> it
0: well it's And my husband so- is not helpful. We went to Costco a few weeks ago oh. and they had like pajamas out.
1: Oh, like the cozy, squishy one, like the yep. soft fuzzy ones. Yeah.
0: So he bought me three. <laughs> So I don't even have to do laundry. I can I can uh, go like two or three days without doing laundry and wear pajamas every day. And I could even like put on clean pajamas every day. Uh, like <laughs>
1: I get it. I totally get it. I I went a long time without needing to do laundry because I was like sometimes I would like wear an outfit and then I would sleep in it. And then the next day I'd be up and doing things and I hadn't even changed yet. And I was like, oh. I've worn the same exact clothes for forty-eight hours. <laughs> I should probably change and take a shower. Like, you was know, there
0: like- is something truly yeah. satisfying about getting out of your pajamas, taking a shower, and then putting on a fresh pair of pajamas. <laughs> I don't know what it is, <laughs> but it just—it's very like leisurely. <laughs> uh,
1: no, yeah, loungewear, yeah. Except my waist has, uh, yeah. <laughs>
0: See, my on. pajamas are very forgiving of my waist because they're big and stretchy.
1: <laughs> That's what I mean. You have to wear jeans again and then your brain is going to explode. So,
0: Oh, golly. Gonna- I honestly, I in all honesty, guys, I'm not sure my jeans would fit. It would be, uh, it, I, it'd be, it'd be pushing it. I don't know. Are you, are
1: you, this is totally off topic. I love how we're just like mid-conversation. See, this is about- like
0: my whole podcast is like 80% tangents. <laughs> I, I'm curious, do you have like a plan?
1: Are you gonna like, do you have like a, like, are you gonna try to get healthier? Are you gonna get in shape? Do you like want to start exercising in a certain way? Or like?
0: Well, so you- my problem is I had surgery at the end of January. Okay. Um, and so I wasn't able to do pretty much anything. And then oh. right when I was supposed to start physical therapy, uh, the world shut down. Oh, so you didn't And even they get were like, "Oh, it's only going to be a couple weeks. We'll just start physical therapy in 2 weeks." All right, I guess another 2 weeks. Oh. All right, I guess another 2 weeks. Where All right, your you're surgery? on your own. Is your surgery like Uh, I had I dislocated my shoulder. Well, I I dislocated my shoulder, but then it fell out completely like it separated from the bone. Okay. So, so like shoulder, they, shoulder stuff. Yeah, so they had to put like these weird anchor things in, so it won't keep falling back out because it was falling out like all the time yeah that's not nice yeah so i just got back into i finally got the approval to start running again because prior to this i was a big runner i ran like 20 miles a week um so i finally got back into running i actually made it a full three miles the other day without stopping um i
1: don't think i could run i couldn't even run three miles when i was at my healthiest ever (laughs) serious like I I don't have endurance like that that uh, people who run like long distance running is just I'm in awe of you guys like seriously well the main
0: thing is I don't run it quickly right like it's like a good 12 minute mile um but you just just have to you have to find what works for you I if I have a good like rhythm going I don't notice Mm it you know but if I can't yeah. find the right rhythm, if I can't, you know, get, like, a, a system going where I feel like I'm making the same motions in a, in a like, pattern, uh, it can be very hard. And there are some days where I make it half a mile and I think I'm going to die. Oh, my God. Uh, and then there are some days where I'm capable. I, I ran, like, a little over three miles the other day and I felt fine. Well,
1: and the pandemic's made that so much worse because we become way more stagnant in, in just moving in general, i found. Yeah. So, like – Things that weren't hard before are hard now because, and like basic things like walking up the hill, it was always a little bit out of breath, but now I'm way out of breath because I'm like, Oh my God, I haven't done this. Or like, I'm hardly moving in my house. So I have no endurance anymore.
0: Yeah. It's, it sucks. Well, and I'm also, I'm working on my master's degree. So between that and the podcast, I am like attached Mm -hmm. to my laptop. Yeah. My laptop spends more time with me than my husband. So he Mm -hmm. actually got one of those recumbent bikes for us. So now when I'm in class, because I don't have to be on video for a class, it's on Zoom. So now when I'm on, in class, I'll have like my laptop set up to, to my side and I'll be on the bike. So, so can, is it a
1: bike like you're sitting and your feet are in front of you, one of those ones? Yes. Or is it like a spin bike? No, it's like a one of the recumbent. Yeah, we we, one actually, is a we have a spin
0: your- bike, but I can't I can't use it. Um, so I'm five feet tall. Okay. Um, and he bought us, my husband is 6'3". <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's all also- my defense. He was five ten when I met him. I had no idea.
1: Uh- <laughs> <laughs> that was just the image of you guys trying to share a bike that just made me giggle. Yeah, like, it doesn't. You- it doesn't
0: work. <laughs> it made me giggle. Really <laughs> no, it doesn't work. So the spin bike I can't use. Uh, it just <laughs> I'm just too short. Um, <laughs> but the sit down bike is has you know. It, it's actually still meant for someone his height, but I can just put like a pillow behind me cause I have yeah. like a seat and it's fine.
1: That's good. And that, at least you're moving. Yeah. I don't know. I, I have a gym in my house. Funny enough. You wouldn't think when you look at someone who's like 300 pounds, I'm like, yeah, I have a gym. I have a really nice gym actually. But <laughs> um, oh, my mic fell again. Um, yeah. It, thinking about, it's the first time I've told anybody this. I, I think I'm gonna start dancing. I want to. Start. Oh, fine. But very specific dancing. I'm, oh. I'm to just. Yeah, I'm starting to learn some K-pop dances. I think. Cool. It's going to be really fun. I don't know what I'm doing, but <laughs> I, okay. I think it'll be really fun to try. And I don't know. And there's so many like tutorials online with people, and there's so many different. um, uh, I mean, I don't know if you've ever seen any K-pop stuff or if that's your thing at all, or but they're just so talented, the dancers. And they all, like, they have, like, you know, five, seven, nine, eleven 11 of them are perfectly in sync doing crazy shit everywhere. Oh, yeah. And it's amazing. And I'm and it's like, very,
0: like, um oh, intricate. Yes. And yeah. I just,
1: it just look really fun. And so I'm like, all right, I'm going to try. I don't think I'm going to show anyone ever in my life, but I really, like, I keep, like, dancing around my kitchen every time the stuff comes on my playlist. So I'm like, yeah, I think this is where I need to go. I'll see how that goes. I have a big mirror in front of my – which could be great or could make me feel like crap about myself. But no, we'll I think
0: it's awesome. I think it'll
1: be fun. Yeah, but that's just what I mean. It's like finding the thing that works. And it's – I think for me, and I think a lot of people are feeling this way, we need joy in our lives this year. You know? Absolutely. year like, is so draining emotionally on everybody, on in every front. Like just existing is – exhausting these this year so I'm literally I'm like what would bring me joy
0: I'm a big fan of mood boards for joy Hmm. like I've I have like 10 different mood boards on my Pinterest one of them is literally just pictures of like um abandoned buildings (laughs) I don't know why but like I think there's something so aesthetically pleasing about a building that the earth is like trying to take back with plants and moss and vines and flowers and things like that. There Um, is a
1: church in Scotland, I think where it's in ruins, but it's still enough that like the windows are up and like the walls are up, but it's like the ceilings in and there's vine and everything everywhere. And I've always wanted to do a fantasy shoot there because just imagining like a girl in a crazy dress, like in front of these like church ruins with like, Oh my gosh, I totally can see what you're saying about like this blend of Absolutely. There's um oh,
0: yeah. I forget where it is, but it's somewhere in the States there's um an abandoned theme park. Huh. It's really cool. I saw like a a, a video um fun. like tour kind of thing. Like a video tour mm. where they took the camera and, and walked it around the park grounds. Um, but it's really cool looking.
1: There used to be an abandoned Or, like, uh, there was an amusement park here that shut down. This was years ago. This was before I was born. And my grandpa snuck in and took pictures. Um, And it was in winter, so there was, like, snow on the coaster. And, like, but it would, like, down, and they were about to tear it down. And so he, like, broke in and took all these cool old black and white photos of, like, this old decrepit amusement park. Yeah. So they're very cool photos. Um, So I can totally appreciate what you're saying. What a fun and interesting mood
0: board. Like, yeah, that so idea. anybody on my Pinterest, you know, if you want to follow it. <laughs> that's Pretty cool. A, yeah, it's just I like mood boards. I think that those are, you know, when you need when you are having like a bad day and you just need like something for 10 to 15 seconds that like cheers you up. Um See, I think that's I'm- a good thing to have. And my mom does this thing um she with like at the end of every day she'll she has like a little journal, and she writes mm-hmm. down five things that made her happy that day,
2: like and a it can be anything journal, kind
0: of. yeah, it can be anything it could it could be something as simple as she got a green light when she was running late this morning, or she saw a butterfly and she thought it looked pretty, like just something in the day that made her smile even for just a second, and then she's like when she's feeling down, yeah. she goes back and she reads through it.
1: What a great idea. I actually was thinking about something similar. Um, There's a YouTuber. I don't know if you're squirmy and grubs. Do you know who they are? Shane Burkaw. He's, he's a guy with SMA. So he's wheelchair bound and his uh, his wife is able-bodied. And so they have a really cool YouTube channel where they just show their lives and he's hilarious and they're just great together. But weekly he does what made me smile this week. And every day he lists something so that even on the hard days, because, you know, he was struggling with depression for a long time because he, you know, has a degenerative muscle disease. And so he was like, you know, how can I make my life as beautiful as I can? And that was one of the ways he did it. So every week on his Instagram, there is a what made me smile this week. And it's really fun to read because sometimes it's like Hannah made an experimental meal and it wasn't great, but her attempt and how much we laughed made me smile, you know, whatever. <laughs> Stuff like that. So
0: there it's it is interesting that find you know, like you said, finding joy, but and you have to find joy sometimes. What what made me laugh today? Um, it is I live in Mississippi, okay. Mm. It's warm here 90% of the time. Like today it was raining and it was slightly chilly, and I mean slightly like 70 degrees out, right?
1: Yeah, but that makes a difference.
0: I had to get the hoodie for scamp for my dog. He needed his hoodie. And that made me laugh so much Because he wouldn't go outside And I couldn't for the life of me figure out why And we actually keep it on a hook It's like on a hook by the door So that if he needs it, we can grab it, you know And he just kept staring at me And I was like, what? And I realized he's not staring at me He's staring at his sweater And I like—I went to grab it and I was like Are you serious right now? And he starts wagging and jumping like He's wagging his tail, he's jumping up and down He's all excited, I was like It is not that cold out <laughs> But he his, He is a blue healer staffy. So he's very lean. He's got basically 0% so like body fat, hair. no hair. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. It makes sense. That's yeah. funny. What is he? <laughs> and he, he loves to be warm. Like, yeah. you know how cats will lay in the sun? He's like that. When we yeah. lived in the Midwest, he used to lay on top of the heaters and the floor. <laughs> and now i have like a so i have an electric blanket um which he's obsessed with if i even if it's not turned on he'll bury himself in it till he can like he likes to be Aww. snuggly um I love that yeah so that made me smile today because I, I wasn't expecting him to and he always gets so excited about it that's what's fun right like you can always tell when a dog doesn't want to wear a piece of clothing okay it's pretty obvious they will tell you if they don't want to wear it Uh, So when a dog gets really excited about putting his sweater on, I think it's funny.
1: (laughs) I get it. Animals doing unexpected things. Bring humor all the time. Agree. Yes,
0: and everybody on the podcast is familiar with my dogs because they are constantly talking while I'm trying to record. So
1: I, I have parents. <laughs>
0: so
1: I win. I, I, my parents are downstairs because otherwise you'd be like, hello, in the background, and like, hello! And I'll be like, shut up, Tondi shut up. Like, she yeah, exactly. Literally, I have to like segregate her downstairs while I'm recording because otherwise you hear woohoo, and I'm like, oh my god, shut up, like. So I get it. That's so funny. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Alright, well, what were we talking about? we got our Well,
0: we were talking about um the book. <laughs> uh, so the President Williams, um I'm oh, sorry, Governor General Williams of Australia says that they need to reciprocate the recent invasion and they need to coordinate a full scale attack immediately
1: yeah everyone's in other words
0: war and Kai's like let's start a a war and I love his response too uh Prime Minister Kaiman is like you're suggesting we start a war and he goes they started it
1: (laughs) I'm I'm a professional yeah
0: (laughs) And all of these people are saying that Kai is immature, Kai is inexperienced, Kai is not bringing enough maturity to these meetings. You're over here literally going, they started it.
1: Well, and I love the valid conversations being like, uh, and you think that we can handle this attack? Because uh, I don't think we can. Oh, yeah, I love their response.
0: Their military basically hasn't been used in years. What do they say? And you think our militaries are prepared to launch an attack against an entire fleet of lunar ships? We don't have the faintest idea what type of weaponry they have. And I think the recent attacks illustrated that they're not going to fight by any strategies we're familiar with. They're unpredictable. And as much as it pains me to admit, our military expertise has suffered from generations of peace. Our numbers are down. Few of our men have been trained for space combat. I mean, yeah, yeah, when you've had over 100 years of peace, what does the military know how to do?
1: Look lined upright, you know? Seriously? Yeah. I,
0: okay. So, my husband is in the United States Air Force. My uh, father was in the Navy, and my uncle was a Marine. Um, my okay. uncle was drafted. Okay. So, his experience at basic compared to my husband's experience at basic 36 years later basically, what my uncle called cupcake camp in comparison. Not to be little what boot camp what boot camp is or what it does to your psyche, but in comparison to like Marines and when we're in the middle of a war versus which I guess technically we're at war now still, but it's it's very different but, than yeah. Vietnam. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean
1: it would be I think this is just hard all around. And I mean I feel like I, I don't envy politicians who try to do their jobs well and actually want to better the world with what they are doing and Mm -hmm. having these conversations because it's never easy. No one's ever happy. And it's just trying to find that middle ground. And luckily or unluckily, Kai is kind of pivotal here because of his connection to Lunar and everything that's happening there. So even though he's the youngest and the voice that they kind of keep discrediting, at least he ha- he's able to have more weight because of that, which, you know, they have to listen to him eventually. You know what I mean? It's kind of like...
0: Oh, they have can you imagine how dismissive they would be of him if he didn't have this bargaining chip? No. It
1: wouldn't even be... His voice wouldn't even be heard. No. It would be a joke. Meanwhile, he is like... I love that he's leaning into that and using... I mean, he has to, but that's... At least he has that ability to do that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's, it's a good thing that he does because... The United Kingdom is all for war because for some reason they have the element of surprise. I immediately, when I read that, I was like, no, you don't. But then luckily <laughs> the American president was also like, they're surrounding us. How do we like, have the element of surprise exactly?
1: And Marissa says he barked it. I was like, yeah. I know. That's I love that. <laughs> like,
0: uh, ha, like literally. <laughs> yeah. Uh, throw that disrespect somewhere else. Leave Kyle alone.
1: <laughs> well, and then the thing that is hard is that he, you know, Kaiden says the alliance isn't a ruse. And no, it's not like, to
0: him, it's not. Yeah, even though,
1: you know, he's he not making
0: the death. sacrifices that he's making for a
1: yeah. ruse. Yes, exactly. Like, even though there's things we're questioning and we're worrying about, and is this really real in his mind, he's like, well, we're going to go forward as if it's real because yeah. I have to. Imag- I have to I have to think of re- Israel or what am I doing with my life? Like
0: literally. And, also, and and he's right. Starting a war, that's not going to help anything.
1: No, it's not. I mean, yeah. but again, imagine how scary that would be if all of a sudden.
0: They're there and they're the surrounded.
1: Surrounded by hundreds of ships, like hundreds, like literally. Um, how, and it's almost even, it's really creepy to think about like, they've been here all along. Like, Oh, oh we haven't
0: seen them, you know? Oh my gosh. It, I can't even imagine, you know. It's just, it's kind of terrifying. And I get why they're all up in arms, right? Because you want to respond. You want to do something. You want to have a reaction. And you certainly want to show your people, the people of your country who are relying on you. You want to show them that you're capable of doing something to defend them, that they can put trust and faith in you to lead them into peaceful and safe times. But at the same time, what are you going to do when you're literally surrounded? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And and like like uh Prime Minister came and pointed out they're not familiar with these fighting strategies. They don't even know what to do with it even if they could even if they wanted to attack. They're not in a position to be able to do so. And it says they don't even
1: know what weaponry they have. Like no. you don't even know what what like if their guns are guns or what they would even be using. Like how do we how do you fight an enemy that you have no knowledge of? Like how do you even and, and and expect to succeed. Like it kind yeah, of it would-
0: reminds me of World War II when everyone was so desperate to try and come up with nuclear bombs. And they did. I just but like it was at a at a pretty big price. But yes, oh, they did. Yeah. I mean, it's it's just a matter of like everyone scrambling to try to figure out the best solution. And I, I really do you know, obviously because he's one of our protagonists, right? But I do think that Kai is right. They technically have not violated any terms. They're outside Earth's territory. They've done nothing wrong. Attacking them would literally be starting a war. Yeah. yeah. And
1: Lavana's really smart with how she stages things. Like, mm-hmm. she does a lot of that, like, well, if you do this, then it means this, and I'll have to say this or have to do this. And so, yeah,
0: she's absolutely, I mean, say what you want about her, but she's brilliant. Yeah.
1: Um. Yeah. And so even if they're all right and saying, you know, well, this is, this is a, a sign of aggression. Kai's also right. Like if we do this, we're technically in the wrong. Yeah. Even though they're basically, you know, flexing their, Their muscles and showing their hackles at us, or what? What am I trying to think of the posturing? You know, like animals posturing and peacocking. Yeah, that's
0: it. Thank you. Yeah, I was like, I'm trying to like pull all these analogies. I'm like, uh, (laughs) (laughs) no, they are peacocking. But I completely agree. What are you supposed to do? You know, you don't, you can't just because somebody else has shown their hand doesn't mean you can retaliate, right? So, um, yeah, it's it's a difficult position to be, and I think Kai does handle it well. He takes the time to point out that. Look, the marriage alliance isn't a sham to me, and I'm not treating it as one. We can't start a war. They haven't broken any laws. They haven't violated any treaty terms. So unless we can come up with a strategy, we're not going to war. And none of you have the right to do it without a vote anyways. So let's vote. Yeah. And literally he says, you know, like he, I love how kind of back
1: to what we said when he said, it's not a ruse and no one's starting war immediately. uh, Camilla's like, uh, oh yeah. Yeah you're so knowledgeable, like with attitude. And he's just like, yeah, she like, says uh, so mad and just like, all right, listen, like, is this yeah. true or not? And they're like, yeah, okay. You're right. And it's like, okay, so this is the facts. Yeah. Okay. Well then what are we doing? We can't do this. Like he has to throw it back in their face, even though all they see is like a young guy who they don't want to listen
0: to. And they dismiss him because of that. They, they let his age cloud their judgment oh. of his abilities.
1: Yeah, no, he's he's really like I said I I think he's such a well-done character and like him being the leader part of Kai it's really great to see how he owns that part and it's he's not letting himself get bullied. He's not letting mm-hmm. himself be intimidated. And again, He's already in the most uncomfortable, uncompromised position with what he's doing for the Alliance. And not to
0: jump too far ahead, because we will get to that. But I think that's what makes his conversation with Priya in the rest of the Mm -hmm. chapter so meaningful. Mm -hmm. Is that we as the readers see just how much pressure he's under. We see what he's going through. We see that not only does he have it coming at him from LaVon, from Torin, who as wonderful as Torin is, is still somewhat disrespectful to him doesn't entirely trust him and doesn't always give him the benefit of the doubt and then on top of that now he has all these world leaders who also don't trust him won't give him the benefit of the doubt and won't and won't even acknowledge and respect his opinion. I mean it's hard not to feel like he's alone.
1: Yes, it's also hard as someone who is middle-aged now to also think if I met an 18-year-old world leader would I trust them? I would you know, we know inside Kai's head, we know he's his right and his logic, but like these external people, yes, they should listen, but I I your instinct is to just disregard the young because of their lack of experience. Period. Absolutely. I think it's just how the world is, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. I had a I had a relatively challenging childhood and I actually got my first apartment when I was sixteen and I remember trying to find someone who would give me a lease was like pulling
1: mm. hair.
0: And I finally got someone who was like, look, I'm obviously not going to lease you an apartment. That's just stupid. But it, how about we give it 60 days? And I was like, okay. And then I basically, I was 16, right? So you would expect me to be having wild parties and stuff. But yeah, really, I just a- went to work and school and then came home. Like I didn't Being have-
1: as responsible <laughs> as you could be. Yep.
0: Yes. And so it was fine. But like as a 30-year-old, if I were to rent my home- <laughs> I mean, I've has I would be hesitant to give it to someone in their twenties, let alone 16. So, it's you like, know, you know, yeah. when you have that perspective, yeah. yeah. But at the can, same time,
1: different. it is, there are, you have to sometimes trust, like I do Airbnb yeah. because I own my house. Um, so I have guests coming in. Well, again, it hasn't happened in a while of all ages. And I had two young men who've stayed with me last year. They both, um, met because they both were dancing for Pittsburgh Ballet. Oh. So one of them is in the grad program. Like there's basically like a high school program, a grad program, which is like more schooling transitioning. And then you can hopefully audition into the company. So one of them was in the grad program and one of them got into the company and they're both 18. And now oh, you wow. think oh god, 18 year old professional dancers. They were the, they're the best. I love them so much. They're still my friends. Like, but I, I, I'm like the same age as their mom, but I'm like, I was their friend because they were just these young responsible level-headed guys who like just lived their lives super awesomely and I was just like impressed you know like I was I was like I didn't have my shit together this well when I was 18 like
0: I I mean I still don't feel like I have my
1: together I've
0: been on my own half my life and I still don't feel uh, like I'm I'm an adult <laughs> I mean like I'm I'm an adult right like I mean, like I said, I'm married. I have, I'm have. i working on my master's degree. I have yeah. my bachelor's degree. I've been on my own since I was 16. Yeah. My car paid off. Like, I have all these things that make me an adult, right? But when one of my younger sisters calls me and asks for, like, adult and grown-up advice, because that's what they do. I'm the oldest. So I get phone calls all the time of, like, you're a grown-up. What would you do? And I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. Do not ask me. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh... I didn't even get dressed today, okay? like. <laughs> <laughs> I do yeah. not know what I'm doing. But I keep waiting, you know, to feel like an adult. When my mom was my age, she was on her second marriage and raising four kids. That sounds like a grown-up to me. But if you talk to my mom right now, she's gonna be, she'll tell you she's not an adult yet. She doesn't know. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> um, I guess my point with all of this, what I was just saying, though, like, is I gave the, you know, I met these people who they were living in my house with me. Like basically they were my roommates for a year. And If, if I, if people gave Kai the benefit of the doubt, like we would give those young people, like that person gave you, it's like, just give them a chance. Like, don't just assume they're irresponsible. Like, talk to them. And if you're, if your first impression is someone who could seem to have their self together a little bit, then give them a chance. You know, like, obviously not every chance, you know, you can get burned, but this is how the world works. You need to, you know, you need
0: to trust. And everybody was 18. Yeah. You know that's one of the things that makes YA y, makes yeah. such a, a relatable genres because we are we have all been that age or yeah. are currently that age, right? Yeah. So like we can all relate to these kids, and you know it's hard when you're thirty to think back of like, oh, what was I like when I was sixteen or what was I like when I was eighteen or things like that. But give him the bit and fit of the doubt because yeah. he is eighteen, yes, but he's literally been training to be an emperor. Since he was born,
1: yeah, literally, this is what he has.
0: <laughs> like he's spent 18 years preparing to be an emperor. Do any of you have that kind of like credit?
1: I, I just, I'm laughing. I'm sorry. I'm laughing because okay, I'm sorry. I have to say this, and I won't. I won't bring it up again. I promise. I won't bring it up again. I'm uh, back to K-pop. <laughs> yeah. BTS has been in the news a lot more lately because they released their first all-English single, right? And so people okay. know who they are and more now. And they're like, who are these guys? So they're like in their mid-20s, most of them. They're like 23 to 28, I think, the seven of them. And I still, I reference them. I'm like, the kids or the boys. And I'm like but they have been performing in front of 30 to 60,000 people multiple times. They have been training to do this since they were 13. Like, yeah. How are they boys? Like, yes, they're young and they act silly and they are young, like, they're youngish and they were doing this when they were teens, but they were freaking doing this when they were teens. You couldn't, I'm, uh, you couldn't pay me to sing in front of 30,000 people. Are you freaking kidding me? Like, <laughs> I, I, you, I would never have the courage or the guts to do
0: that. And this is, this is, And you know, I mean, think about it how many artists are like that. I mean that's Taylor Swift means. was like 16 when her first album came so out. So young. Oh my gosh. So she's so literally young. spent half of her life performing, writing music and performing and yes. stuff. And it's like, "Oh my god, can you imagine having that be your life at 16?" No, exactly.
1: So this is what I'm saying, like going back to what you were saying, yes, he's young, but like
0: but he's not inexperienced. No, he's, this not is, he's not unprepared. He's not uneducated. Me? For this niche of leadership that he has been trained for, he Mm -hmm. knows a hell of a
1: lot more than most people. Obviously, he's dealing with other leaders who are in leadership position, but again, he's not one that you would disregard because he has- Well, we also
0: don't know how these people got their positions, right? Like Kai is an emperor, so he inherited it, so to speak, but we've got a prime minister that's usually an elected official. Mm -hmm. We've got a governor general. Okay, that's a military rank, so we know that he has some background, some training. There's a president- um, okay, does that mean that it's an election in the United States? Look it up, y'all. You don't need a lot of qualifications to be president, yeah. you yep. certainly don't need 18 years of training on what I can only assume is diplomacy, etiquette, to run a country. strategy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean. So so if you're going to put it into those terms, right, of like the, the, that he's had 18 years of preparation, have any of these leaders, did they have that before they got that rank and title?
1: And I frankly, think that's a valid question. It sounds like he had a very loving relationship with his dad, too. So yeah. it's almost like you're learning in a loving environment. You're learning not in a stressful or horrible environment. No, you're it's learning. nurturing. Exactly. So it's going to make you want to please them and impress them and... um you know, honor them as your father as well as the leader of your country. So I and feel like, we as
0: the reader, we know that he wants to honor his father Absolutely. because we, as the reader, constantly get reminders yeah. that he not only that he misses his dad, right, but that he doesn't feel that adequate.
1: Do the job. Yep.
0: Like, there's even a mention in this chapter where he touches the chair that used to be his father's. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, yeah, that could be a throwaway five-word sentence, but. It's not. It's a reminder that his dad died like three weeks ago. Because mm-hmm. these books move so fast. We're okay. in the third book, right? But it's been like a month since. That's Zinder. what I'm saying. Like when I said like- that earlier, I'm like, we're
1: halfway through the third book. But we're but, but it's not been a lot of time. But it but emotionally, no. it's been a lot of One time. One of my like-
0: favorite obsessions is focusing on how much time it's been, right? And it's been about a month since Kai right. met Cinder at the market. Gosh. A lot it's of has sh- gone down in that 30 days, y'all. Yeah. Oh my God. But we're not going to have war just yet. So that's good. At least we haven't gotten to that point because there's a Hi. lunar delegate at the palace. So we'll just ask him. That ought to go well. Yeah, because that person's delightful. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he hangs up on, before anybody can respond, he's like, I'll talk to them. The alliance be- between Luna and the Eastern Commonwealth, I'll handle it beep mic drop yep Yep. hangs it up yep because he's frustrated too and i do like this moment we get in his inner monologue where he's like maybe it is the best course of action but that doesn't mean it's something they can do yes because if like he says if war broke out they'd have no chance of completing the peace alliance which meant no hope for getting their hands on that Letimosis antidote. Exactly. And at the end of the day, the leaders
1: all know that. And at yeah. the end of the day, even though he hung up, if they're all having a conversation that he's not privy to, they can at least say, Well, oh, I don't like the kid or I think he's wrong, but yeah. he's not there is a delegate, so we should at least hear what they It's have
0: not to say it's whatever. not worth ruining over a hundred years of world peace over. Yeah. Just because and, you don't like some eighteen-year-old kid, right? And
1: again, getting a cure for a horrible, horrible virus. Right, because at
0: the end of the day, even if you win the war, good for you. People are still dying of a plague. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, I mean, you're still there's just you're still limited. You're still held up by something. There's always going to be some blockade. And starting a war when you're already fighting. When you're already in the middle of a Cold War, basically they've been in a Cold War with Luna for like 12 years, and you're fighting a plague, you don't need to throw around bombs on top of that. You've got enough going on. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Hi, this is Leah Stuhler, creator and host of YA Book Chat Podcast. If you love reading young adult books and chatting about them with your friends, then head on over to my podcast and take a listen. Each episode, my guest and I chat about a different YA book. We start spoiler free and then head into our spoiler section where we dive into the mysteries of each book and we do it with laughs and fun along the way. You can listen to YA Book Chat on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and wherever you get your podcast and now back to the show so yes. let's move on he tells all of his advisors to to leave and he dismisses everybody and nancy is here i love nancy she's my favorite reminder of his experience every time i see her i'm like cinder cinder mm-hmm. uh, he has a wedding planning meeting which is really exciting yeah. he's really he's excited like Table. They get to talk them. about catering staff.
1: Oh oh, your voice is like,
0: oh my God. Like, <laughs> That's my this isn't real voice. <laughs> oh, I get it. But I love, I do love his wedding planner. I love Priya. Um, right. she, she has yeah. him meet her outside because she thinks he needs some fresh air, which isn't a bad thing because he's been in his office for like a month. Yeah.
1: And I I mean, obviously, she's doing it for isolation purposes, which we'll talk about in a minute. But it's right there. There is truth to what she's saying as well. Like, it's not going to hurt him to be outside and enjoy this beautiful weather and breathe some fresh air and be with the trees and just, you know, get out, get outside of that box, essentially.
0: Absolutely. And he does say, like, that he felt like he hasn't left the palace in a month, which got me thinking. I wonder what day it is. So. When the crew, I went back to the chapters. This is one of my obsessions is tracking time throughout the series so we can see mm-hmm. how long it's been. When the crew first got to, went to rescue Cress, it was, Iiko's little countdown was 13 days until the wedding. So it's probably about 12 days until the wedding, which means it's been about 42 days since Cinder met Kai at the market. Okay. And I'm probably little. somewhat off on that. I'm sure my listeners will be happy to message me. I, I If I'm wrong, I get told. So we'll find out.
1: <laughs> that's great. I mean, people are obviously invested in wanting to
0: absolutely go on this journey
1: with you, which is yeah. great.
0: So they're in the gardens. And he seems surprised that life has kept going while he's been locked up in his office. Mm. I think that's so relatable to us, us, <laughs> those of us who self-isolated for the pandemic. Yeah. It's like, oh, there's... <laughs> You come it's
1: outside! are so birds chirping what is happening like, <laughs> I know.
0: Uh, it's well because you get kind of caught up in your own timeline especially if you don't leave your house for multiple days right yeah. and then it's like uh, it's like whoa you know anytime
1: um, you literally go what day is it I definitely did that a few times oh yeah
0: like- I mean there are times throughout the day when I get like we talked about i'm i'm a grad student and I have a podcast there are times when I spend my whole day on my laptop yeah and was it yesterday? I think it was (laughs) Friday. I got up at like four 30 and I made like a huge cup of coffee. I wanted those cups of coffee where you can put like five cups in it. Right. Um, (laughs) And I just sat down at my computer and I I edited an episode and then I did an assignment. And then um, I started work on a bonus episode for Patreon. And then my husband came in and he was like, here, he brought me pancakes. And I was like, oh, that's great. What are you doing up so early? It was almost 12 o'clock in the afternoon. I didn't even realize it. I had been at my computer all day, just letting my whole life pass by me. And I mean, can you imagine feeling that way for an entire month? And then you step outside and you're like, oh my God, it's fall? Yeah. What? Last time I was out here, it was still Indian summer.
1: Exactly right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Again, I feel for Kai. It's been a rough month. (laughs)
0: <laughs> and Priya feels for Kai too, which is really sweet. It's nice to have someone looking out for him, which yeah. I, I love Torrin. Torin is one of my favorite characters. And I do think Torrin looks out for Kai, but.
1: But again, there's there's some uh, doubt in Torrin There's Kai doubt there. Too. And
0: also, Torin, part of Torrin's job is to also look out for the country. So as much as he's looking out for Kai because, you know, he has an affection for him. He has yeah. a camaraderie with him. Part of him is still looking out for him because it's what's best for the Commonwealth. Priya is a wedding planner. She doesn't have to care about this kid at all, but she obviously does. And it's nice that someone is thinking of him.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So she had an idea about the wedding staff.
1: It's a really good idea.
0: I think it's bloody brilliant. I love it. She <laughs> wants to do a mix of humans and androids, specifically escort droids. So, Lana. Like, He's yeah, like, we're bringing escort droids into my palette. <laughs> <laughs> um, He's like, what me? kind of party is this? We do it hard
1: here on Earth. Let's go. <laughs> yes. And
0: I like that you can have, like, quote, realistic ones where you can get special less orders flaws. so that they'll have more human characteristics. Yeah, Complexion flaws. perfect. Yes. Natural hair, eye colors, varying body types and bone structures. Like... Yeah. That is so cool. Yeah,
1: it is. And it's such a smart idea because I love how he's like, you know, immediately he's like, oh, she's going to be pissed. But then it's also like, oh, this is a really smart idea. Not just a good idea. A no, smart it's a smart
0: idea. idea. Yeah. Because also they can record stuff.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: So, so it's if, not just the lack
1: of of, of mind control. It's the, right. the records and sending things off to places that can have proof of things should things go awry.
0: Absolutely. And that's what makes it a really good idea because like yeah. he says, having loyal staff that couldn't be manipulated would be yeah. very helpful. And as much God. as Lavana hates androids, I she, mean. <laughs> you know, when
1: I think about Marissa writing this series, what a perfectly brilliant power to give to the enemy mm-hmm. like that how helpless would you feel like the fact that you're at their mercy and they could control your mind and you don't like uh, it's just that's terrifying like they can
0: control what you think what you see exactly what you feel everything. how you act
1: your whole I mean, everything like the thought of that is is just utterly terrifying, and the fact that like they don't use it, but they do, but they don't, but they really don't most of the time, you know, and so the fact that that's almost not worse, but it's like it's always sort of there, you know, like it's very it's, it's a very good villain power, like it's I good, think. yeah,
0: because also what can you do to combat that um nothing,
1: yeah, exactly, you're so helpless. And and you just have to trust these
0: people that and uh, and they go they go completely rogue. Yeah. She made wolf human mutant hybrid soldiers to attack the planet. She didn't have to do that. They can control you. Yeah. She could have just dropped a couple random lunars in each city and made them wreak havoc. By using their mind control on everyone. And instead, Lavana went a step further. She's yeah. always pushing the envelope like that. And yeah. that's what I think makes her a great villain. Like, yeah. of course, I hate her. I'm supposed to, right? But yeah. don't brilliant. take away the fact that she's a brilliant leader. She's yeah. a brilliant strategist. Yep.
1: She, there's a reason she has gotten to where she is as. And yeah. like, literally, she has been maneuvering these pieces for years. And so, <clears throat> In many ways, Kai's like in a checkmate position with this. It's like, well, you get the antidote. He's where she wants him. Yep.
0: Yep. And she has spent a very long time making sure that he is where she wants him. And that's what makes her a good villain. If she wasn't brilliant, if she wasn't a good strategist, like we wouldn't care about her. We wouldn't be intimidated by her and we wouldn't be invested in this series. And that's the mark of a good author. Is your villain believable and terrifying? There you go. Yeah. You did it. Good job.
1: Well, and th- there's a scene here too, where it says um, Kai's like, it was a smart idea. The most powerful men and women on earth would be at this ceremony, making it awfully easy for Lavana to abuse her powers of manipulation. Absolutely. Like, period. He like, he can't doubt that Priya has a brilliant idea.
0: So. Absolutely. And, and props to Priya, because it's gotta be somewhat terrifying for her To come to him and be like, hey, I have this idea. To undermine
1: your future wife who's scary as hell.
0: (laughs) Don't fire me. (laughs) Because Kai does have to walk on eggshells. Kai does have to be careful. And he even tells her, like, you know he wants to do it, but he's smart. He says, I'll let you know. Let me think about it. Let me weigh the pros and cons. Let me see how how this could backfire. Because it could. Yep. But Freya also points out something very sweet. That it'll be broadcast live and she has to wear a veil so he doesn't have to kiss her. That actually is a really big relief.
1: I, yeah, I, uh, (laughs) the thought of, oh, poor guy, man. I just, I can't imagine having to marry somebody that you'd like loathed, basically and have to like Ugh. be affectionate with them? Oh, just like, even just being around them,
0: I would be, you know, you know. I have not think of stuff like that because my grandparents had an arranged marriage. Interesting. Uh, my family's Romanian and Jewish and okay. World War II was hard for Jews and Romanian gypsies. Yeah. Um, and my grandparents were very young and they had an arranged marriage because people needed to leave. And my grandpa was coming to the United States, so they had an arranged marriage. But you know what? They were very kind people. They always seemed kind to each other. They had, like, eight kids. Uh-huh. Uh, my grandfather was very devastated when my grandmother died. I think that they had a nice relationship.
2: Well, I don't know I- if
0: they were ever in love, but I think that they cared about each other. I definitely think that they worked hard to share a good life for each other. I mean... It
1: could be a lot worse than being friends with your spouse for however long.
0: And you know, the whole concept of romantic love and romantic marriage, I mean, that's a relatively new concept, anyways. How Mm -hmm. long were we having arranged marriages for the sole Mm -hmm. purpose of advantage? I mean, Kai is the emperor of a country. Yeah. Lavana or no lavana, it was it was still a possibility that he would have an advantageous marriage to someone in some political role to help Mm -hmm. his country and another it's not uncommon for emperors to have arranged marriages with other countries. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. So it's terrifying to think about the fact that like you're, you're going to be married to someone you don't love, or maybe even someone you don't know. But on top of that, he does know her. That's the thing. I was
1: just going to say knows what she's capable. Yes. Of. Most people are nice people in the world. Collectively. Most we're mostly
0: just, good. Yeah. So, like,
1: on average, you might not love the person, but most people can get along with most people. Let's be real. Like, differences aside, problems aside, collectively, we all as a society, as a human race, try to just be, you know, interested and aware of other people.
0: Yeah. We talked about this on the last episode because we talked about the shopping cart theory. The shopping cart theory. It's like the know. ultimate litmus test because- It's a, it's, it's how you can tell if someone is capable of Hmm. self-governing because we all know that we're supposed to put the shopping, the shopping cart back. We all know 100% it's not right to leave it in the middle of the parking lot. Right. Yeah. But there are people that do. Mm. And it's, can you trust that person? So it's this whole thing. You can Google it. It's really long. Um, That's
1: fascinating. I never heard of that, but that makes a lot of sense.
0: Yeah, it's this. My friend told me about it because he went on a date with a girl and he started dating her. Um, and they went to the grocery store and she left the cart in a handicapped spot. Oh, no, that's him! Like a month later or something, he was like on the internet, just like goofing off, and he ran across this theory. Because I I had talked to him about it, and I was like, that's not cool. He's like, what? I was like, I could never date someone that did that. And he's like, and it's right. just a shopping cart. And he was, I was like, I don't care. It's inconsiderate. Yeah, it is. It's just. But there's not this whole right. thing. It's called the shopping cart theory. And he huh. found it like a month later, he was on the internet, just goofing off. And he found a whole article about the shopping cart theory and how it's huh. literally like, we all know we're supposed to put it back. So what makes a person make the decision not to put it back? And if they're capable of not taking the extra, what, three minutes to put their shopping cart back? Not even if it's the like
1: middle of the parking lot things. It's like three cars down, just pushing in the thing. You know, it's yeah. not hard to, to get it where it needs to go. Yeah.
0: And th- and that's the whole thing, right? Like, if you can't even trust someone to put a shopping cart back, what can you yeah. trust them with? Yeah. You know, and so let's look at Leva. obviously levana has got ten people to put her shopping cart back, right? Yeah, but that's the, I don't he trust her to yeah. do anything. No, she's that's it's so
1: much worse that he knows her, you know, and he knows how she is and how she's tried to get into this royal family before, and and just the lengths that she has gone to for trying to for just setting know, those pieces. It makes
0: me think back to the first book when. When Kai is like, oh, I wish I had just already married someone. I don't even care who. Mm. Because then she wouldn't have this hand. She wouldn't be Mm -hmm. able to play this card. Mm -hmm. And Kai is really in this vulnerable position because he didn't marry someone. I'm not saying you need to get married at 18. Please don't take that (laughs) as what I'm saying. But... (laughs) but. Kai is really in this position because he didn't have an arranged marriage, because he didn't rush into any kind of relationship, because he didn't run away to Europe with Cinder like he joked about. Yeah. He's and in this position because he's done all the right things. And yep. look where it's led him. Poor kid. Yep. Yeah,
1: I do. I feel for Kai. I really I'm, do. And I'm
0: glad that Priya is there and Priya feels for Kai. Well, and I love this conversation so needed
1: at this point because yeah. he's just getting emotionally battered left and right um between the the doubting of him what he's having to deal with him thinking about cinder and the choices with that and just you know the fact that she's like uh, essentially i'm worried about you and i want you to be happy <laughs> you know like um and she doesn't have to say those things she doesn't have to be you know, she's just a wedding. Her job description
0: by any means. Yeah, no, but she picks out wedding China and the seating chart and the catering staff. It is by no means in her job description to check on the groom and make sure that he's okay. Well, and then she says
1: that her son is about his age. So by default, she already is feeling a mothery, nurtury vibe towards people, his age. And, so it's almost natural instinct to see this young man who not parallels your own son. Cause obviously their lives are totally different, but just, you know, someone who's that age and what you go through at that age and watching. And she even says, if I can't imagine if my son was in your shoes, like how I would feel, what he would do. Yeah. That would be horrible. Like, you know, basically is what she's saying. Like. And it and- really is the
0: sweetest thing to have a mother who's so worried about him. Like, you yeah. know, yeah, she's genuinely concerned with his well-being, not with him as the emperor, not with his job performance, not with politics, not with war. She's genuinely concerned about his state of mind, his temperament. What is he emotionally going through at the moment? And I get so heartbroken when he, sal- when he looks at her and he goes, I'm doing my best.
1: Yeah, I'm looking at this too right here because oh. there's a few where he's just like i don't know if i can and she's like just keep it in mind and you know try to find joy basically try to find joy like what we talked about Mm -hmm. getting out and she
0: suggests the um the garden yeah i do want to talk real quick about when he realizes he's alone he tells her he's not alone. He has Torin, he has the cabinet, he has province reps. And then he, in his inner monologue, he has a moment. Anxiety crawled up his throat. Of course, he wasn't. He had an entire country behind him and all the people in the palace and no one. No one could truly understand what he was risking, what sacrifices he may be making. Mm-hmm. Torin was smart enough to realize, of course, but at the end of the day, he still had his own home to return to. Yeah. Even Torin, his probably the person he's closest to in the universe. Now that his father is gone. Still gets to go home at the end of the day, take off his tie and Kai never gets to do that. Kai never stops being emperor. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's and just think- so heartbreaking. Well,
1: and it's also makes you think back to like, One of the reasons he maybe connected with Cinder in the first place is he was, like, incognito in the market taking his droid, you know, to, like, get it fixed. And, like, he was just some friendly, cute teenage boy who was, like, talking to her. You know, he wasn't. Yeah, and I love their
0: market scene. It always reminds me of, um, did you ever see the Brandy and Whitney Houston roger and hammerstein cinderella yes yes it always reminds me of that when they're just walking around the market and they accidentally bump into each other and he's dressed as a commoner
2: yeah um
0: it's just such a it's such a sweet little meet cute and yeah you know maybe that's and that's part of why i think he likes cinder to begin with exactly because she never treated him like an emperor
1: no he was just kai the boy from the market oh who also yeah. happens to be the emperor but it was like the connection was but there I mean, before that even when was- he was
0: like go to the ball with me she was like nah exactly yeah you know he was
1: still just a person not the emperor
0: he was never the the (laughs) prince or the emperor to her he was always kai and can you imagine how refreshing that must be for someone in his position who's had that title his whole life and i mean it's kind of a cinderella trope right to do where cinderella doesn't care that he's the prince so i get mm -hmm. that that's a trope but i still think it's worth talking about
1: no and especially considering like how easy it is to get lost in the hype of things like considering how much her sister was obsessed and she heard her forever and forever like oh my god kai oh my god and you know yeah. it'd be hard to be like oh that's kai oh my god you know like even if you don't feel that way you 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 get some splashback from your <laughs> passionate people around you you know like i i i find that even with authors like i'm not that i'm starstruck by them but like i would be at like signings and other people were like freaking out. And then I'm nervous all of a sudden. And I'm like, I've talked to these people before. Why are you nervous? I did that with Maggie Stiefvater not that long ago. She was doing a signing and I have freaking like spent time with her multiple times. And I'm like, uh, who? it was like, I, I like tripped over my tongue at first. And I was like, why are you being dumb? Like what is going on? And I've it's always like-
0: said there's one celebrity. I think there's one celebrity that if I met them, I wouldn't be able to form coherent sentences, and I think that's Michelle Obama. Oh. What do I say to Michelle Obama? She's so brilliant. She's so oh classy. Gosh. I I don't even know where to start. I I think I would probably have all these wonderful things in my head that I would want to say, and then I would get up and I would just be like, "Hi, you're pretty."
1: Like, <laughs> yeah, I think I would just start <laughs> crying if I met there's so many people if I that like. People who impact us, people who make a difference. I would just yeah. if I ever chance the chance to meet them, I would be so mortified. I would just burst into tears. I know I would burst into tears. Yeah.
0: And I mean, there's certain celebrities that we can all think of that are like it probably wouldn't be that bad because they seem really approachable. Like, yeah. like Taylor Swift or something. She always uh-huh. has like those big relationships with her fans. So it's not yeah as intimidating Betty White I love Betty White she's a national treasure and she's like this she's been like a sweet old lady for like Uh 60 years like Uh I think she's approachable Uh uh-huh I just yeah. feel like Mich- I put, a- I think I've had Michelle Obama on a pedestal since I was and again, 15. <laughs> she's
1: really nice. And I think she would be approachable. I think she'd be great to chat with, but yeah. you would lose your shit is what you're saying. I would. I, yeah, absolutely. I totally get it because um, that's I think valid. my
0: husband would be like that with Elizabeth Banks. He absolutely adores her. That's like his celebrity crush. Yeah. She's pretty great too. She's so cute. Right. He, I think, yeah. what does he call Cute as a button. Yeah, she he really th- is. He thinks she's cute as a button.
1: <laughs> yeah. God, it's got to uh, be so weird being a celebrity. It's got to be so weird. Like, that you can't have normal interactions with most people you meet because everyone's like, oh. oh. <laughs> at <That's laughs> how hard that would be to just be walking down. First of all, you can't even walk down the street. Then second yeah, of all, if you do go out anywhere, everyone's losing their minds over your existence. And you're just like, I just want to buy some pasta. Like, I don't, I, mean, I don't. You know,
0: when I, I don't, So oh. when I went to the North Texas Teen Book Festival, I went as Bethany from Prince Kai Pod. Like I had a t-shirt. I had little cards with my name on it. Yeah. Like that said like Prince Kai FanPod and stuff like that. And I told everybody on social media that I was going to be there. And I was like, this is a networking opportunity, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. Um, I was genuinely surprised. I genuinely thought I was going to spend the whole day like, trying to get people to talk to me, and they would just be like, "Uh uh-huh, and, like, turn around, right? I must have met 30 people that loved the podcast, knew about the podcast. One girl overheard me talking and recognized my voice. She asked for my autograph. I got a picture with her and her mom and her little sister. Like, oh, it was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. It was probably the most surreal experience of my entire life, because I honestly- Seriously, and everybody listening, I love you so much. I can't believe this many people want to listen to me ramble on about books. <laughs> but <laughs> I, remember, like, great. I remember calling my husband when I got back to the hotel that night, and he was like, how did it go? And I told him everything, and he was like, oh, I'm married to a celebrity. And like the next <laughs> day, we went out to – I think we went to the grocery store the next day or something. And someone was like on their phone in the parking lot and he was like, It's the paparazzi, watch out, Bethany, I'll save you. Like <laughs> Cause we're just like goofy people. But that's
1: but that's so cute. Something similar happened to me. I I mean I've I've had it where I've been at events and someone was like, Oh, you're the calendar person? I was like, Yeah. They're like, Oh, cool, you're the one who did all the author pictures. I was like, Yeah. But then I had my aunt's business partner was talking with a friend and her daughter like was like Lauren and her was like yeah they're like Lauren who did the the photos and I guess she like screamed and jumped up and down and I was and, and her and her business partner was like I had no idea she like was in awe she's like I had no idea like you were a thing I was like I mean it's a very small niche. like fantasy nerds. Exactly. It's
0: a small niche. So you don't expect it to have as big of an impact.
1: And it was funny because like next they're in Cleveland and so and it's two hours away from me. So next time I was out visiting my aunt, I I arranged to meet her this girl. She was like uh, late teens at the time. And I brought her a bunch of swag from calendar stuff, extra stuff. And she was like emotional. And like her sister was there and they were just so excited to talk books. And we're, we're now like Facebook buddies because she's like reads great fantasy and we'll often talk books. And it's like, it's really fun. But I was, I was a little, not overwhelmed, but like taken aback, just like, Oh my gosh. But, but that's how my friend, my aunt's business partner was too. She just could not believe the girl was screaming. And because she had met, she like knew me and I was like, it's, I just can't it's imagine that like I'm like a gazillion, you know what I mean? Like,
0: <laughs> It's always interesting when you realize that you're making an impact, like when mm. you never thought that you were and then you realize you are. Because I yeah. also had – I had a, a mom email me a few months back. Her daughter had gone through a really bad depression because of the pandemic. Yeah. And um, her mom sent me this like four-paragraph email about how amazing – the podcast had been for her and how it helped mm-hmm. her like have something to focus on and it gave her a community to be a part of and she joined the That's patreon great. so now she's a part of that and we have all these like really cool group chats that we do for the patreon so now she was able to like make friends and socialize in that environment mm-hmm. and i started crying i felt so overwhelmed by the fact that I was able to help someone in any small way because Um, that's
1: it right you start this because it sounds fun to you and you're like if I get two people that listen cool because it's like I just like this weird nerdy thing and I want to talk about it with other people and then when people actually go wow that was really cool or I connected with what you said or you know they like appreciate you for bringing that I've had that that's what I've gotten the most is people appreciating me for talking with these authors and sharing their stories with the public you know and just like getting insight into people that we respect as you know creatives and as storytellers that so they're just and it's like, always it's interesting cool.
0: because you know when I think about it out loud it's like man a lot of people tune in every week to hear me spaz about a book series you know <laughs> <laughs> And and I even have like a Patreon team that I get to geek out even more with. I just did like a two hour episode for Patreon and Pride and Prejudice where we literally were just like, oh my God. And then I love this part. And then I love this part for like two mm. hours, but it's, it gives you an opportunity to make friends. I have yeah. friends that I've made because of this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're genuine friends. And mm-hmm. for me, especially being a military wife, we move a lot. Yeah. And it's really hard to make friends as a grown-up, okay? But
1: the world is small with the with social media and absolutely. the internet. And, and I have
0: delightfully small. Yes,
1: it is. I genuinely have good friends that I talk to almost daily that are like bookstagrammers that I've met from yes, being online. Yes, Absolutely. I have like and you want
0: to talk about a mood board, Bookstagram itself.
1: Yep, is, is like a, mood a whole mood. board. Yep, the whole thing. I think half the people I follow just have beautiful. It's funny because it's just everyone. <laughs> well, and I'm a photographer, so I'm like I could do this, but I just don't have the energy to like set up these beautiful sets. Right, right. it's just not something that I'm wired for at this point in my life. Right. So I appreciate the people who take all this time to make these beautiful sets and like. Beautiful pictures and it's just so fun to see, but yeah, I have, I actually talk to them more than I talk to my in-person friends. Like, well, frankly, it's pandemic, but still like, even if it wasn't, but
0: even if it wasn't, I mean, like I'm talking I said, to them. I have all these, yeah. Yep. I have all, I have this group chat with my Patreon members and yep. we literally talk every single day, even if yep. it's just like a meme that somebody sends, you know, yeah. and, and what's to bring it back to the, to the Lunar Chronicles. What's really Amazing about that, and really sad about that, is that Kai doesn't even have that as an outlet. He doesn't even have the outlet of like a random internet friend that he can text. He doesn't have anybody his own age mm. anywhere around him at all. The closest person he had was Cinder, yeah, when and she's she re- gone. And any other girl her age is just going to freak out because he's exactly, bigger. and and he's pretty, and he's pretty,
1: and you that's. Know, and- that's all that matters him. to them. Yeah, that's, yeah, so But that's why he even thinks about Cinder in this. You know, part of
0: him hoped she was safe. He, part of him hoped that she was safe. That yeah. he could, and he couldn't tell Torin. He can't tell Torin that he's still looking for Celine. He can't tell anyone that he's terrified. But he definitely can't tell Torin that he hopes Cinder is safe. Yeah. Yeah, which it's... is really sad. That breaks my very heart. Lonely.
1: Yeah, it's very, it's very sad. And that's why
0: it's nice that someone is thinking of how lonely he must be right now. Mm -hmm. And so she gives him motherly advice. She says, life with Lavana is not going to be easy. You need to find something that will make you happy. Maybe this garden. Yeah. He says he doesn't have the energy to be happy. I mean... I've been there with depression. I would, I would put him on a suicide watch. I'm going to be real honest with you. Like, seriously, that sounds
1: like, like the melancholy of depression. Like the stuff you said that mom wrote you about with that girl. Like that's a lot of people. I struggled earlier this year with it. I was just like, what am I doing? I'm, I'm non-essential. I'm an artist. I'm, uh, you know, what am I? It
0: can be a very overwhelming thing. And I'm sure we've all dealt with a lot of it, especially in the last year. Yeah. Um, not even just with the pandemic. There's there's so many horrible things going on in the world and <laughs> I on saw On top of that. Huh? Go ahead. I was going to say on top of that, now we're all stuck at home. We don't even have Yeah. We can't even like walk around Target with a latte. Mm-hmm. Uh that's one of my favorite things I used to do is I would just get like a Starbucks and walk around Target for no reason. Yeah. I <laughs> no I
1: was going to say, you know how like Facebook shows you memories? I had yeah. the memory I had the memory of like um Ross from friends doing the double fist, basically <laughs> screw you. And it was for the uh, end of 2017. It was like, screw you, 2017. This is the worst. And I was like, let's oh my go God. back to
0: 2017. We only knew.
1: Seriously. <laughs> I like was like, this is so sad that we were all like this year sucks. And we had no idea what was coming.
0: We had no idea what uh, we were <laughs> in for. <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs>
1: like yeah. literally the worst.
0: It's oh my so, gosh. it's so messed up. I, I just, and, And, you know, not to like put, I know we're probably like sounding really depressed to everybody that's listening, but it is something to, I mean, these are red flags. I don't think
1: it's, it's depressed. I think it's relatable because I think that in this day and age, I don't know a single person who hasn't struggled with something during this pandemic that is pandemic related whether it's like you're at home with all your kids and you have to work and you're overwhelmed or you're isolated and you're depressed because you're alone. It's like, there's all
0: these extremes. Or because you lost your job and now you have to worry about how to feed your family, how to keep the electricity on. I mean. A million
1: options of, of struggle and emotional challenges. And so. Or maybe,
0: maybe you didn't lose your job. Maybe you're an essential worker and you have to be terrified every time you leave the house.
1: Literally both sides. It's like, it sucks for everybody. Like it it really just sucks for everybody.
0: and that's why it's it's nice to have stuff like this.
1: Yeah, exactly. Where you can
0: still, this is a night. you know, if you're going to be self-isolated, 2020 is not a bad year to do it. Can you think of self-isolating in
1: 1980?
0: No. I mean, we hurt. literally, you can't even binge watch TV because they'll shut it off at midnight with the national anthem. So, and everybody who's really young has no idea what I'm talking about. And I'm sorry, but a million years ago. Uh, the TV would be done at midnight. They would play the national anthem and it would turn off. Mm -hmm. There were no infomercials. There were no cartoons at two o'clock in the morning. It would just turn off. That was it.
1: There just wasn't TV. Yeah.
0: There just wasn't TV. And unless you were rich enough to have a VCR and a bunch of videotapes, that was it. So for those of us who read books, it's really not that bad, right? Because we'll just read our books. But it's still... I mean, we have the internet, we have streaming services, we have, we have, you can basically have streaming services for books. There's Scribd, there's Audible, there's Kindle Unlimited. I mean, we don't even have to leave our house. Someone will deliver our groceries to the front door if we want. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to be self-isolated, 2020 is not a bad year to do it. It's just still shitty because you're self-isolated. It still sucks. Yeah, it still sucks. And we have a lot to be grateful for, and I am grateful for them, but that doesn't mean I don't have any complaints.
1: Exactly, and so like, it's funny because you're saying like uh, you you were feeling I don't want to say self conscious, but you made you were aware like wow we're actually sounding kind of down here, but it's it's also because we're in Kai's head in this chapter, and he is he we're has feeling a lot that. to be
0: upset about. You know, well,
1: like we well, can I relate just, in a way. I'm saying
0: like it's down because there's just a lot of red flags here about Kai. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what I mean, and I yeah. don't think enough people are worried about him. Yeah. When so I used to teach preschool. And I taught on a military base and you have to go through, um, sensitivity training all the time because Mm. people in the military are like 36% more likely to commit suicide. It's a very stressful job. It's a very stressful environment and you, you're putting a lot on the line. Um, and so they teach you how to look for signs Mm. and there are so many signs just in these like 10 pages. Mm Mm-hmm. And it makes me so nervous. It makes me so worried. Like, we know it's a YA book. He's probably not going down that path. But somebody should be worried about him. And I'm kind of sad that the only person that's worried about him. Is this
1: wedding planner?
0: (laughs) Is this wedding planner he's known for, what, six days? Yeah. And it just so happens that she's a good person. What if he had gotten, like, a different wedding planner, then no one would be worried about him. No one would be thinking about him other than Cinder. Yeah. And it makes me sad. I just want to give Kai a hug, put him in some two days, give him a hot chocolate, turn on a Disney movie. Like, yep. he needs a chill down. Cook I, him a pizza.
1: I was almost going to say, I, I like, early in our conversation, I was like, I just want to hug Kai. I just want to yeah. give him the biggest hug. That's give him a dog. Ugh. Dogs,
0: dogs will love you. Get him a dog. Just
1: give him something. Yeah, some sort of emotional support and to show. And I like her
0: idea. I like her idea of you know taking care of the taking care of the garden and having something to focus on. Yeah, and he. I mean, and her comment is kind of long
1: game. Like it is literally like. Once you're with Lavana, this is really going to suck. Like, it's not yeah. it's crappy now, but it's it's only going to get crappier. So how are you going to cope as a person? You know, like, well, and have we haven't even gotten
0: to is. the worst thing that he thinks. He starts thinking about how he he should he can look forward to things. He starts thinking, well, she'll sign the treaty. We'll get the antidote, but I won't have Cinder. He thinks he can look forward To a premature death Mm -hmm. that will prevent him from having to do dances with Levana. Seriously, you guys, that's some tough Mm -hmm. Kai is fantasizing positively about dying young just because he doesn't want to be with Levana. That's terrifying. Yeah. That's genuinely disturbing. That boy needs a lot more than just a hug.
1: Yeah, it's just... You know, it's almost like he's so busy now that he, this is the first time he's really let himself stop and think these things too. It's almost like yeah. his being busy is, is good in that sense. Cause it's does distract him and he can't actually feel emotions as much, even though he can, he gets angry and he's sad and whatever. But like, this is the quiet is where it's hard, you know, and,
0: this and is we've a, all been but, there. Right. Yeah. And this is a when time you just where you can't let it be quiet.
1: Yeah, he's in the garden by himself now, and he's just like, it's really hitting him kind of what what Priya said, what's going on, Him thinking about Cinder, hoping she's okay, doesn't know what's going on with her, regrets with that, and just what his future holds, and it just, everything sucks, and he's really having a moment, you know?
0: And he can't stop thinking about Cinder, because that's the girl he wanted to be with. Yeah. And he has this moment where he does think about her, and he does smile. Everything yeah. that he's going through, everything that we just read in his perspective, and how just genuinely miserable he is. But thinking about Cinder makes him smile.
2: Yeah.
0: He recalls her at the ball and he thinks she's like adorably disheveled. Mm-hmm. And he smiles at the thought of how fleeting and bittersweet their like somewhat relationship was. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's. I feel for him. It's really is. It's funny. Like, when you you told me which chapter we were talking about, because I really didn't have a preference. And when I read this chapter again, um, I was just like, man, it, it it was it's right back into like, we're really in the trenches of his emotions in this chapter. Like it yeah. is, it is literally just the, the, the worst situation possible, especially now, because if you think back to what we talked about earlier, the world is surrounded as well. And so he's having to deal with the stress of that. What does that mean? And the world leaders want to start a war. And he's now got to like all of these things. It's just a it's just a really, you know, a hard time for him. It's a rough and, it's and a to, rough bring it back,
0: to bring it back to Marissa. Think about the mindset that she had mm. to put herself in. To be able to write this chapter as well as she did. Yeah. Because we are feeling what he's feeling. That's the mark of a writer. Yeah. A good writer can give you her characters in a way where you're feeling the emotions of those characters. She didn't write that without also feeling those emotions herself. So I'm guessing after reading this, she might have needed a cup of hot chocolate herself.
1: Yeah, or a hard drink, stiff drink, depending yeah. on what what your mood is.
0: Yeah. <laughs> or my go hu- is kettle and soda. So, <laughs> yeah.
1: or or a, or a hug, a hug, you know, or just a walk there's- outside <laughs> with the trees. Like, there's so many. You
0: know, I'll let everybody in on a little secret. I went through a really bad depression like mm, five years ago, and at that point, my husband and I had only been married for two years. We'd been together for five years, but being married and living together is very different than dating, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And he did, he's such an amazing person. He did all this research on like how to help when someone, when, when a loved one is going through depression. And one of the things he read was like um, that a 20 second hug, even just once a day from someone that loves you can like raise your mood when you're depressed, mm-hmm. right? So now every once in a while either one of us will just be like can i have 20 seconds hmm. so ask yourselves do you no, need no. 20 seconds i'll do it to my dogs when my husband's in the military he gets deployed i go to the dogs i make them hug me i don't care yeah, i know that they're know. uncomfortable and i don't care it's
1: uh, <laughs> i'll tell you i'll tell you a story too. That's kind of in line with that. I, I, I have de- clinical depression. I've had it for most of my life. I'm on meds and I've had ups and downs and I'm pretty open and candid about it. Um, it's very frustrating when you're in a down and you want, you're psychologically in a good place, but you're physically and emotionally not in alignment with that. And that's hard. And so the pandemic was hard, but then I, I had a family member who passed away unexpectedly in May And I had been self-isolating and I live alone. And I remember vividly, I will never forget this. Actually. It was like a few days after I found out that he passed and he died of a drug overdose. It was really sad. Um, it was very, it was, I don't want to say it was unexpected because we know he had been struggling, but it was still unexpected because he was on the other side of rehab and he was doing well. And then his, you know, um, his, uh, that check came in the $1,200 check that we all got the the pandemic check stimulus check. That's the word. And he just went crazy and overdosed. And it was really sad and hard. And I remember just walking down the hallway upstairs, I just burst into tears and I just sat down at the top of my steps sobbing because all I wanted was a hug. And I, the only people I had close were my parents and I didn't want to risk them with pandemic stuff. And i i I wish it was just it was awful <laughs> it was the most awful feeling to not have a hug and i like I cannot fathom how hard that would be like luckily you know life has not returned to normal by any means but you know I'm seeing people on the regular now and I'm careful about it we have our pods of people were you know all being careful but right at that moment it was it was very very emotionally hard because there's such comfort in a hug and it's such a simple gesture, but just feeling another person embracing you, you know, there's something very, uh, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is. Cathartic. Yeah. That's the good word. Yeah. Yeah. Just And we talked about you. this
0: a few chapters ago with Cress. We talked about my guest and I talked about how Cress has probably never been hugged in her life. And she's yeah. 16. It's, it's a,
1: <laughs> for as fun and as adventurous as these books are there there are some dark things in these books they like, cover
0: some really good issues they talk yeah. about they give us an insight into real issues that people really deal with for for and my former co-host becca was on a chapter with me where she made a cute little comment that we had to, a, a good moment with where she talked about how relatable Cress was and i was like you mean an orphan An orphan uh, shell lunar living in outer space in a satellite orbiting Earth. She's relatable, but she is relatable. She's so relatable because you don't have to be in a satellite by yourself orbiting Earth to be lonely.
1: Yeah.
0: We've all been lonely. We've all felt that way. We don't have to rule a country to feel the burden of responsibility on our shoulders. Yeah.
1: And so I think that's why we can all, uh, you know, empathize with kai in this chapter and just it 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 pulls on your heartstrings it really does because you're just it does poor dude man he's he's had a rough month (laughs) like and you know but he does
0: he finds some weird sense of urgency at the end of the chapter which i think is brilliant Mm -hmm. he's got as a writer marissa did great with this because we have gone through a lot of emotions with Kai in this chapter, okay? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we started off being terrified of spaceships, pissed and at then, Earth and leaders.
1: I was like, and then he got angry. <laughs> like, and then he was exhausted because he's like, oh, I got to go talk to the wedding planner.
0: <laughs> and then,
2: <laughs> There's know. just
0: so much. And he has this small moment where he smiles and he thinks about Cinder. But as he's thinking about Cinder, he realizes, he he has this moment where he thinks what kind of future they could have had. And then he thinks Cinder's searching for Princess Celine. Yeah. And now he has something to focus on. And when you are spiraling, that having something to focus on is a life raft. Cling to it. There's a, yeah. There's a reason that people say to get a pet, to get a plant, to start a hobby. Having yeah. something to focus your energy on can be very harnessing. And that's what Kai does. Kai latches on to this very low-evidenced theory <laughs> that Cinder is searching for Princess Celine. We well, are the reader; we know that she is Princess Celine. It's not that far off base, but he's grasping at straws here. Yeah,
1: and uh, that's why I chose my sentence for the my quote was the last one. It's like it may have been a fragile hope, but right now it was the best hope he had, and it's so and it is the
0: best hope he has, true. and it. And if, if that's the only life raft he has, please cling to it.
1: Exactly. And the idea of what that could mean, the fact that she could be found and that it could make a difference in the everything.
0: Yeah. And, <laughs> and he what even that says means. that, like what what is Cinder's motive? What is she doing? How is Luna gonna react? What kind of person is this Celine girl? Does she even want mm. to rule Luna? Yeah. And I like what he says about Cinder. She's the most resilient and resourceful person he knew. If anyone could find her, it was and, Cinder. And keep her safe. Yep. And keep her safe, yes. Imagine and having that is,
1: someone have that impression of you after such a short amount of time. Like that says a lot about
0: Cinder's it really does.
1: Cinder's spirit, her her demeanor, her manner, her way of handling herself. Like And he's not wrong. So the fact that he was able to pick up on that from their few interactions and um, it's just, it says a lot for her as a person. And, and yeah,
0: I think it says a lot for him as a person too, mm -hmm. because it says how much he paid attention to her in those small moments when they got to be together. It shows Mm -hmm. how much he was paying, how much he was paying attention because obviously he's running a country. He doesn't have to give her the time of day. That actually just gave me
1: chills. I'm serious because the idea of like, to me, that's what like, that's one of the things that love is to me is like the idea of that people really seeing you, you know, like, and so like him noticing those things, him paying attention to those things. um, You're like, you said, he had a lot of other things he had on his mind. And obviously this is a cute girl that he thought was cute or whatever, but there's more there and how he, remembered yeah there's something about that Hmm.
0: and maybe because i've been married so long but something i've talked about before on the podcast is the difference between like romanticism and actual romance
2: Mm.
0: like when we're growing up myself especially we're like crests we see net dramas with all these big romantic gestures Mm -hmm. and we think that's what love is but as you get older, you realize that love is the small things. Like my husband mm. knowing yep. that I'd been in my room for six hours and hadn't eaten and bringing me pancakes. That to me is, is a very – yep. That's – he was thoughtful. He was thinking of me. You know, like I was yeah. at the grocery store the other day and they had his favorite gummy bears, which they stopped making. So I was very surprised and I grabbed them for him. It's silly. It's a gummy bear. Nobody cares. But – but when you're with someone for a long time, you do stuff like that. Yeah, you no. think about the other person as much as you're thinking about yourself. And so when you see something that may make them happy, your instinct is to do it. Yeah. And I think that's what love really is. That's and
1: how it should be. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And that's kind of what Kai is. Kai, he sees who Cinder is. He sees mm-hmm. what she needs. He sees what she's capable of. And He puts a lot of faith in her, despite the fact that, from his perspective, she has not given him a lot of reasons to, as far yeah, as Kai she's knows,
1: been pretty standoffish in some ways. And also, like their final big kablooey at the ball was
0: yeah, that wasn't great,
1: was a mess, you know. Yeah, but
0: yeah. and and I mean. You know, we as the reader, we know that Cinder didn't know she was Lunar. We know that she didn't mean to go to the ball and start shit with Lavana. Yeah. She didn't mean to cause a war or an attack. She never meant for any of that to happen. It was all circumstantial. Yeah. But from Kai's perspective, he doesn't know those things. And it would be really, really, really easy for him to blame it all on the girl at the market who tripped him. Yeah. But he doesn't. He sees more there. Yep. And he sees past all of that, and that is a very sweet thing to do. And and they've known each other for like a month. I know. I I can't think of anybody that I knew for a month where I trusted them that much that the fate of my entire country was but, on their shoulders, and I was so I was fine. You know,
1: not even just known them a month, but only a few meetings within that month. It's not like you're with them yeah, all. It's not the like the they spent twenty
0: four seven together. Exactly.
1: It's not like you see them every day for a month. It's like a few specific, vivid moment. And, but, you
0: know, I mean, each of those interactions that they had was, like, yes. what, 10, minute, 10 minutes tops? Yeah, but think about it. Like, the stuff with the doctor, the stuff with the,
1: the droid, the stuff even from the beginning. Like, every every meeting had something that made mm-hmm. him go, ooh. You know, like, they, they weren't just a normal, like, oh, hi, I'm Cinder. Okay, nice to meet you. It was like something was happening.
0: Something so. was done. Something was said. Something was revealed or implied. Yes. Um, and it's a lot. To put on a relationship, yeah. and think about, think about, think about even just something is like what all of you guys are listening to right now, right? This is the first time Lauren and I are meeting or talking. I know, other I'm like, than, dude, we're other not- than me emailing That's her, great. going, "Hey, <laughs> please be on my podcast." And yet, you and I are carrying on a perfectly com- mm-hmm. like comfortable conversation with one another and
1: candid. We're both kind of like telling things that. You don't necessarily tell strangers. Not that I'm—we're necessarily feeling private about them, but it's you know usually right. But but, but like, that your so, depression, right. stranger. Like you
0: know, like. Right, but, but we do have that right. Like humans want to yeah. give off a good impression yes. to people, but yes, we don't know each other. I've listened to a couple episodes of your podcast mm-hmm. and I emailed you and asked you to be on my podcast. And that's about all I know about you. Yeah. And yet you and I, like you said, we've been very candid. We've been mm-hmm. able to hold on to this conversation for two hours, go on fun tangents, keep a good camaraderie going. So it is possible to develop a human connection with strangers. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. And but I just, I just wanted to point that out.
1: Well, and again, but that does go back to also saying part of Kai's Merit as a person and how he is, as you know, like he noticed those things and it really did leave a make an impact on him, leave a leave a it did leave a mark, you know. Yeah, this was a, for being a small chapter, there's a lot that happens here. I mean, every chapter has stuff. That's the whole point of right. writing. But, and, and you
0: know, but a lot of times I do two chapters per episode. But I think my listeners especially can tell when I do one chapter, an episode, mm-hmm. there's a reason because... Yeah,
1: there's a lot to unpack in this I chapter.
0: mean, we're at like two hours. <laughs> <laughs> so Probably half of that imagine? with us like
1: tangenting off, like, <laughs> but No, still. I keep
0: the tangents. <laughs> Absolutely. But, but can you yeah. imagine... If I had also been like, let's include the other 10 page chapter. No, we'd (laughs) We'd be be here all night. Part
1: two. Yeah.
0: (laughs) And for you, you said Pittsburgh. So it's 10 o'clock where you are, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's only nine o'clock my time. But I do usually go to bed by 10. So. It's all
1: good. (laughs) I'm I'm good. I'm going to go have a snack and probably watch some TV. Or that's read actually funny. that's a lie. I need to read Addie LaRue because I'm interviewing Victoria Schwab in the <laughs> dates. And I need to finish it before I talk to her so I know what I'm talking about.
0: So but yes. there are again,
1: are worse things to do than have a snag and read Addie LaRue for sure.
0: Absolutely. So let's talk about your chapter title. The the song that you picked for this week's title. So it's funny, like even though I was feeling the
1: emotional stuff towards the latter part of the chapter, the song title that just jumped into my head was Under Pressure by Queen with Bowie. Like, it was just like, this song, I was just like, this dude, man, he is feeling it from all sides, and I feel for him. So that was why I picked Under Pressure, because I just think Kai is under a lot right now.
0: <laughs> and I think that that fits even for the other half of the chapter, Oh, it too. does.
1: It's just, yeah. even with the emotional stuff, it's still... Because that song's more upbeat, not that, that the theme of the song necessarily reflects the theme of the chapter, but just that right. that idea of him, like he gets it literally on all sides emotionally in this chapter. And like you said, he ran the gamut of emotions. It's because he's being come at from all sides and has to
0: respond. And Absolutely. And I just because the song is upbeat doesn't mean it has to stay that way. I mean, we've no. all heard like violin and acoustic version. There's this yeah. violin... Acoustic version of "Shake It Off" by Taylor Swift that'll make you cry. I'm not kidding. Google it; it's ridiculously uh, sad.
1: That sounds amazing. It's though. so
0: incredibly sad. It like changes the entire tone of the song. It's like this guy I... in a beanie cap and this girl with purple <laughs> hair playing a violin, and I don't know, I... but it's like heartbreaking.
1: There, it's amazing. I actually do a. There's a. I have a folk duet girls singing Don't Stop Believing by Journey and it's beautiful and like ethereal and haunting and I'm like this is not the Journey I know but it sounds amazing and it's on my playlist I listen to it regularly because it's beautiful so yeah I get that but yeah no Under Pressure man it just it was the first song and I i was fighting to think of something else and I'm like why are you fighting this this is the song that came to your head and it fits so yeah yeah.
0: and I, I often go with that this song came to my head I chose A Mother's Love by Jimmy Scott this song came to my head because of his interactions with Priya. Yeah. And I, I in my notebook it's scribbled like in the corner mother's love Jimmy mm. question mark because I couldn't remember his last name. Um but I it, I feel Priya as a mother. I love that she is thinking of him. And Kai's mom died, his father died. He hasn't felt the love of a parent in a long time. And I I felt really connected to Priya offering that mm. that compassion to him, and I felt well, like he really deserved it. He really needed it. It's interesting because I was going to say something like this
1: earlier, and we it didn't quite fit in anymore when we were talking. Like, even though it's been a while, it really hasn't. Like his dad only died relatively recently, so he's like still... three weeks ago. Yes, like he's grieving emotionally. It's still like having a parental figure offer support emotionally. Imagine how much you would be needing that because you're still raw. It's not even a matter of distance. I mean, granted, the mom is more distant, but like he lost his other parent very recently. And, yeah, And is literally hasn't even had time to deal with that because he's having to not only run a country, but deal with all of the shit that's happening. And so, yeah, that it, it, it was well-timed by Priya, even though she doesn't necessarily even realize that. Um, or maybe she did. I mean, she's been around, so... But, and
0: she's a mom and she, you know, moms look at things differently. Yeah.
1: And again, it would suck if that was your child and be to, to see the the stress and the the challenges that they would be under. That would be really hard. Even, even if it wasn't your child, just a friend, just someone going through something that hard would be hard for you to see. So I do love that she um, reached out and offered some comfort where she could. And a really good idea, frankly, of, of you know subverting things possibly, you know, and or like keeping his own strength with the with the droids, you know?
0: Yeah, and finding a way to to make it so that he is keeping his strength, you know, like finding a way for him to be able to handle all of it. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's that was a good that's a good song choice i sure. like your
0: song choice too and and uh, patreon members will get to vote on those song choices and let us know which ones cool. they think that's um, great fit best awesome. so i just mess i messaged your instagram account a link for that shake it off cover okay cool <laughs> it'll change, <laughs> change your it entire opinion of that song
1: <laughs> i i love the version it's that's out there now because it's ha- yeah. i love upbeat happy stuff like I literally have this is not
0: upbeat or happy it's amazing what he's capable of doing with it (laughs) it's by Jesse Will if anybody wants to look it up very cool Um, check it out so I know you already mentioned it but it is a segment so let's go ahead and talk about your chapter quote Uh, yeah so my chapter quote was the very last sentence in the
1: chapter um, and I just thought it was a really relevant sentence to tie into everything that we talked about in the chapter and it is you know it may have been a fragile hope but right now it was the best hope he had he's thinking about cinder and the possibility that she's finding the princess but it's also this idea of the best hope that he had it is he's everything is so rough right now for him that the fact that he has something like you said to cling on to there's that that something that he can latch on to emotionally and maybe have some sort of hope even if it's a hair's breadth, you know, it's still something that is, is hopeful. Yeah. And
0: isn't that what we're all looking for in life? Yeah, really? It really just is. Something like, that brings us joy, something that brings us hope, even if it's just a little.
1: Yeah, really. It, 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 I don't know. just something about that sentence resonated with me because a fragile hope. What a, what a lovely phrase. Like, um, it's very
0: tragically beautiful. Yeah. But it,
1: it's very, very accurate. Yeah. To this chapter for sure.
0: And I, when I, so when I'm reading, I keep a pencil next to me and I take notes in a notebook. Mm-hmm. And I'll make like a little line next to a paragraph if I want to use that quote for my quote. And there's like 20 lines in this one, you guys. It was a hard <laughs> choice, but that was actually that one had a line next to it because I almost picked it. But I really like the fact that he thought of Cinder even at all, right? So. Mm. That was my quote, was was him thinking of Cinder. I loved him co- contemplating her. His relationship with Cinder, if it could even be called that, had been fleeting and bittersweet. I love that he thought of Cinder at all. Yeah. You know, like I said, he doesn't have any reason to. He certainly doesn't have any reason to trust her or hold her in high regard. And, and, and I yet, like that and he yet, smiled. Yeah. Yep. The one time in this whole chapter where we saw Kai smile was when he remembered Cinder. That speaks volumes. Yeah.
1: and I mean, I think it's also like he's remembering her. She's wearing his gloves, too. So it's like his mark on her and like that connection there and the, the memories. It's not just her in that moment, but the other parts of it, too.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. So guys, this week the word hair appeared twice. The bonus word gloves made a comeback. We got one this week. We haven't had one all book, basically. And then there were three Easter eggs. Do you want to tell everybody where they can find you, where they can find Ink Feather, where they can follow on social media?
1: Sure. So um we're kind of in a transitional space. Stage right now. I just changed the. Uh, I was Ink Feather Books and now I'm Ink Feather Collective because I'm broadening, like I said. So we're going to start doing YouTube stuff. I'm going to shift the podcasts over to YouTube as well as on, you know, the various podcast channels that you can find us. Um, like I said, we're also going to be broadening beyond just authors, but authors will still make up the primary part of this podcast. There, I do, it's sci fi and fantasy. So I don't interview contemporary authors though there are a few times that i wish i could make that exception and i might now that i'm broadening like red white and royal blue for example i'm obsessed with that book and i was like but it's, <laughs> but it's a contemporary and i can't talk about it but now i think i might so anyways but yeah it, it, it's um so yeah if you go to Ink Feather collective on instagram that's probably the best place to find me and you can find the Ink Feather podcast on itunes spotify google play and soundcloud is where we're at. So pretty much the common places. Um, Yeah, it's, it's really fun. I hope you guys enjoy it's listening. I get to basically pick the brains of these fantasy authors. And you know, we've done, like I said, I've, I've had Lee Bardugo on Cassandra Clare, Christopher Paolini's literally this week, um, you know, and then we'll do Victoria Schwab coming up soon. Uh, Marissa's episode was not that long ago. So there's a lot of really great insight into how authors do what they do um, and kind of why their stories end up the way they are. And it's really fun. Um, and it's not just for writers either, because I'm not a writer, but it is fun to hear kind of their creative journeys. So yeah.
0: It so is. It, and I think it's nice to listen to. That's one of the things I like about your podcast. And that's one of the things I like about Marissa's podcast is listening to people Hmm. share the story of how they make their own stories and and those little insights into them. I think it's wonderful.
1: Yeah, their journeys. Like, it's really fascinating to hear. Like, because when I really thought about it, I was like, you know, why do I, why do I, why is this what I do? Like, why am I drawn to interviewing these people? And I thought back to when I was, I mean, like I said, I've been doing interviews for a decade, but like. I really thought back to the times when I was photographing the authors for the calendar, the charity calendar that I was talking about. I'm in the car with them for hours and I'm sitting here thinking, like, I have this vivid memory, right? I'm Holly Black's picture was, we shot it two hours away from her house. So literally, we were in the car for four hours just talking about books and about ideas and about life. And we went to a diner and we're like eating fries, talking about like, and it wasn't just about the stories; it was the it was the energy of these creative professionals and how they do what they do and why they do what they do. And that's what's interesting to me. So, like I said, I will continue interviewing these authors and you know, hopefully, picking their brains on those things. But I just think there's so many cool people out there. Like, and I did a poll on my Instagram um, with people giving suggestions. I had so many great suggestions, like people who are like musical, like professional musical theater people. Someone even said like. Um, uh the 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 forensic scientists who like deal with dead bodies oh like that would be oh, cool that but, would like be cool so just like people who have these almost like the jobs or the people who are like oh that's so cool I would how do they do that or I would love to do that or that's crazy that they do that like those people which writers often you know authors fall into that category because people are like oh my god I would love to be an author or whatever those are the people I want to talk to so yeah so we'll see I'm hoping I have quite a few people. Um, on my agenda that I already have confirmed. I'm just, it's just in the process. Oh, (laughs) huge thing that's happening. I didn't even occur to me. This is actually very cool. Um, So I have created an adult coloring book that will be the (gasps) pre-order will be happening within a month it is the coolest thing I have taken 20 bookstagram artists so basically the artists that make the stuff in all the boxes that we love and I have had them draw my photography so they looked at my fantasy photography picked two images that they love the most and made coloring book pages from them it is
0: I need this in my life it is
1: freaking rad you guys oh my gosh I am like buzzing with how excited it is so we have like Rosie Thorns. We have uh hold on, I should actually just pull up the list while we're talking, but like it is just these wonderful. So uh Diana Dwarwick, Joe Painter, Rosie Thorns, Sally Fam, uh, I Can Draw Things, Cheryl Lee, Gabrielle Raguzzi, Vivian Ginter, Silver Art, Ghost Prince, Amanda Roberts, Nero Sky, Um, Phantom Rin. Uh, Tara Spruit, which is Tara Ja, however you say her name, and then Victoria Gray, Michelle Barros, Elizabeth Smith, Ars, um, and then uh, Alexandra Kurt, and then Ellen Torrey, who is not a Bookstagram artist, but she has half a million followers on Instagram because she's has this like, ridiculously beautiful bookstagram like happy, bubbly, ethereal, beautiful, fun art. And I was just like, I love your stuff. Do you want to do this? She's like, okay. So I got, it's so cool. So 20 artists, two pictures each, all of my photography—it is so excited. I'm. I, it's just so cool. <laughs> like seriously, it's so cool. So basically, um, I will have a month-long pre-order happening. It will be available after the pre-order, but there will be some, you know, extra incentives for the pre-order, and that just gives me an idea of how many I know I need to order. But that will be happening literally like end of September to end of October, so that I can get it to everyone by the holidays.
0: Well, remind me when it comes out closer, I'll make sure that I tell, I remind everyone to go get it and pre-order it and stuff because I'm excited.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm really, it's very, very cool. So yeah, please, please support that. It won't be outrageously expensive. And I will have a digital copy available for people maybe who are overseas who don't want to pay for the shipping if they don't want to if they're like oh I can't afford the total combined you can do the digital version and which is great also because then you can print as many as you want and color it a million times so yes yeah so I'm really excited about it it's going to be really fun
0: yeah yeah. I'm excited for it I'm I'm looking forward to to getting to see all of it because I can just imagine how beautiful it's gonna be
1: yeah so it's weird like I was listing their names but I'm like most people probably know these people by their Instagram handles which don't always line up with their names (laughs) but like like, like Sally Fam is salties. So everyone, like a lot of people know Saltees, but they don't know Sally Fam is her name. So yeah, but, but basically I but found you know, all of them- I'm
0: like that too, because I talk to people on Instagram. Like that's where I talk to the majority of my listeners. And so sometimes I know them by like like yeah. I one of my patreon members who's become a good friend of mine her name is Taylor but like in my head she's always renegade anarchist because that's that's her instagram handle so I got used to calling her that in my head when I was thinking yeah. about her when I was talking about her and then so now she has this real name and I'm sometimes like no it's Taylor
1: yeah people are I like to remember,
0: I have to remind yeah. myself
1: <laughs> yeah they're like you're ink feather I'm like
0: I yeah I, sure. I have a real name I swear <laughs> I'm like that's cool whatever uh-
1: <laughs> call me that um yeah no it, it's it was but seriously I found all these artists because like everyone else I follow book boxes and I found their beautiful art and I was just amazed and then I followed their feed and then this is a project I'd wanted to work on for a few years and when it finally came together I was going to initially just have one artist do it all because a lot of the coloring books like Marissa's like the Sarah J. Moss when they're one artist but yeah I like, screw that man there's so much beautiful art and
0: there frankly, is
1: collaboration is my favorite thing ever like it is literally my favorite thing to do because I think that working together, you learn from each other, it makes you better artists, it makes you better creatives, it makes you it's just really fun to blend your creative energy that way. And so it literally, I mean, the amount of emotions of people being like, this is so beautiful. And then I'm like, but yours is so beautiful. And we're all supporting each other. And it's just, <laughs> such, and it's such an international project, too. There are people from the US and Canada, but also we have Brazil, we have Singapore, we have the Ukraine, we have Italy, we have the uh, the UK, we have Uh, The Republic of Georgia, like off the top of my head, those are who I'm thinking of. Like it is literally an international project. So I'm very excited about it. And I hope you guys will check it out and
0: maybe support it. Yeah, I'm excited about it, too. And I'm definitely going to make sure I buy one. Okay, cool. Awesome. yay! So next time, guys, read uh, chapters 20 and 21. And next week, I'm going to have Leah back from YA Book Chat. So remember that if you have suggestions for her books to cover on her podcast, you can send them to me, and I'll pass them along. Um, in the meantime, guys, follow on Instagram, follow Ink Feather, rate, review, and subscribe. Check out the Patreon if you want to uh, have an opportunity to be a guest on an episode with me, and more fun perks like my two-hour Pride and Prejudice episode of geeking <laughs> out. <laughs> Until next time, everyone, please stay safe, stay healthy, and don't get glamored. Bye. Bye. Passages read for you today are from Crest by Marissa Meyer. This podcast is hosted and produced by Bethany Finger. Today's special guest was Lauren from Ink Feather Podcast. The intro-outro music was composed by Emma Pavo. And the logo art was created by Angela Wong. Thank you for listening. We got Verizon 5G Home Internet. It's from Verizon. Safe choice, right? Well, some things that look great end up being not so great. Like the time you bought a shrimp roll from a gas station. Ugh. Or when you bought that used sports car.
1: <laughs> what about when we got Billy that drum set?
0: The point is, Verizon 5G Home Internet sounded great. But turned out to be something else. And we deserve fast, reliable internet. We deserve Xfinity. It's time for better internet. Switch to Xfinity. Learn more at Xfinity.com slash Verizon 5G Facts.